0: This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motor hits, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude.
2: All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It's Wednesday, July 20th. It is 9,000,000.5 degrees outside here in lovely Louisville, Kentucky. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. You know it better as the Big X. We're here until 6 o'clock today talking about everything going on in the world of Cardinal sports and other nonsense. Mike Rutherford here in the big studio. Trevor Kelsey behind the glass. Intern Jenna bailed on us today. Um, Found that out at the last second, so I lied in my tweet. She's not here. She might be here Friday. But we have TK. He's rocking. What are you rocking today? What's the shirt?
1: FTR baby, for living, living legends.
2: Because it is AEW day. I had not washed my Orange Cassidy shirt, so I didn't wear it on ah, Wednesday yet. So Jenna's not the only liar today in the video. <laughs> <studio. laughs> I did promise that last week. Yeah, I'm rocking uh-huh. the new uh, Avalanche 20, uh, 2022 I do. Stanley that Cup does champions. Doesn't explain
1: your excitement though. I mean, you you came at me hotter than the weather outside today to start the show. I haven't seen this excited since I think like maybe three or four days before the old Miss game last year in football. You think? I don't, know, I don't know if you've mentioned excitement since.
2: It feel, it's a okay feeling day. I went home. I felt terrible after the show yesterday. I fully expect to feel terrible. That's because you have to leave me. And I think that's what it is. Either that or just, you know. You know, if I came home and hang out with you afterwards, I bet you'd feel a lot better. I feel great night. every single day. I, I felt like absolute crap yesterday. Woke up today. Felt pretty good. Feeling pretty good now. We'll see how we lasted, you know. Six o'clock. We'll see how. see how that goes. Oh, it's gonna last, baby. I'm hoping it lasts. We have oh, plenty yeah. to get to today. It is ACC Media Day, ACC kickoff, whatever the oh, hell they call it.
1: Oh yeah, I can't wait to hear what the coaches have to say. We got
2: that going on. Jim Phillips talked early this morning and got a lot of criticism for what he said. We'll dive into that. Scott Satterfield, I believe, is going to have. He's going to be on the podium. If it's not happening right now, it, then it just wrapped up. Uh, regardless, like we're going to react to his comments. Uh, we'll see what he had to say. We'll get uh, thoughts on Malik Cunningham, his outfit. I want to hear your thoughts. He looked have, fantastic today. I have
1: not seen it. Is it, is it styled in profile? Oh, it's
2: styled in profile. He was best dressed at the ACC kickoff, and there's no close second. So we've got that. Really? We have a major... I say major. Major? DJ Wagner update of the day.
1: Major DJ Wagner.
2: Major DJ Wagner update of the day and plenty of other nonsense to get to. It's going to be a fun three hours here, and we want to hear from you. It's Wednesday. We love the text line every day, but especially on Wednesday, for some reason, we love hitting you up on the Thornton's text line. So hit us up at 502-414-1450. We love our guys over at Thornton's, Kelly Leonardo, Alex Cupper. We love the fact that they're bringing you money. All summer long with a Summer Cash Bash, they're trying to give you ten grand. They're giving away ten grand to a Summer Cash Bash Thornton's Reward Member uh, participant every single week. If you are a, if you don't have a Thornton's Reward uh, membership right now, what are you doing? Go ahead and text Rewards Later. to eight zero three one three today, or just download the app. It's very, very easy. And if you want to enroll in the Summer Cash Bash, open that app up, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, and bam, you're enrolled for a chance to win ten thousand dollars, which they're giving away every week all summer long. And at the end of the summer, Thornton's is giving some lucky winner a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Couldn't be easier to enter. Couldn't be easier to be a refreshing rewards member. Save some money. Make some money. It's what Thornton's does for you. 502 414 1450. That's the Thornton's text line. What's What's up?
1: I Thornton's yesterday. Saved me uh, like three and a half cents a gallon. That's how they do. That's how you do. That's who
2: who they are. It's what they do. I got a question for you.
1: Okay. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. This isn't a derailment completely. But then again, that, we have actual full three hours stuff to talk about. So a little bit of derailment won't hurt. Okay. Uh, Aside from the AEW talk later on, you as a fan, your favorite teams are historically some of the worst postseason teams in the history of sports and in their respective sports individually. This is accurate. With the Reds and, and the and the Lions, obviously leading the way, and therefore your favorite. And you don't have an NBA team. I don't. I
2: used to cheer for the Jazz, but it was mostly just like piss people off. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> so, but when you're Jazz fan, was that like early two thousands? Yeah, like when I was in high school. Pretty much. Why would that piss people off? Because everybody hated the Jazz. But like, at that point, the Jazz weren't even like contending with the Bulls. They were like in the, the no. Rebound. They
2: were they, they were okay though. They were, they were making the playoffs and losing the Spurs every year at that point in time. But uh-huh. people like they just hated the uh-huh. Jazz. He described the 90s too for the Jazz for yeah. the most part. And anytime he told anybody that, you were a Jazz fan, they were just like, oh, Jazz. And so I just kind of embraced it. I didn't really like I didn't pay that much attention uh-huh. to them. I would watch when they were on in the playoffs. I was a bad Jazz fan, but I considered myself a very, very, very. Casual jazz fan. Well, at least no one would say front runner, though. At least in that matter. Exactly.
1: Uh, so that being said, you are a avalanche fan. Hockey. I, I, those who don't know. And so they winning the Stanley Cup, their first since like what two thousand one. One. Correct. Yeah. Look at me. I'm dropping knowledge. So that being said, you are wearing your one. You're wearing a championship shirt. How much memorabilia, clothing, coffee mug, keychain did you purchase upon the Stanley Cup win, knowing that it's one of the few times as a fan, you're you're able to celebrate it. I asked because, like, when the Eagles won it, I I mean, I I, I kid you not, it's been five years. Like, a couple weeks ago, I found a shirt that I still yet not even opened. I I bought so many championship shirts. It's a fair question
2: because we had Sean on a couple weeks ago when you were gone when they were about to win the cup, and he was like, you know, there's no limit. You you can't – when your team wins a championship, there's no limit on what you can spend.
1: Oh, no, I agree 100%, especially in certain situations, like Eagles winning their first ever or, in your case – a team actually winning a playoff game, let alone a championship, is yeah. a favorite
2: team. Of I'd wear, I'd wear like a Lions divisional series winner T-shirt every day of the week oh, if I, I had one. I,
1: I used to have it, lord it is an old Pacers Eastern Conference Championship shirt. Wild I card weekend championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I would absolutely wear that. Uh, we made, the, I'd, I'd wear a Reds seven seed in the COVID playoffs T-shirt if I had one. <laughs> no runs in two games. If you do, if you make the
1: the blast the seven seed. I will find a way to get that shirt customly made for you. It's a record that only one of the is going to
2: duplicate. Whoever was the seventh seed in the AL, you're never going. It's never going to be beaten unless they expand the playoffs again. So we made the
1: playoffs and all I got was this lousy T-shirt.
2: I did the thing. This was kind of like my initial run when they, they first come out with the shirts and you're just trying to get like whatever the quickest stuff. This is from the NHL.com, like the official website, the official licensed stuff. Yeah, I've seen that shirt. And so I've got like I got one I got two for me, I got one for Mary, I got one for Virginia that I put a, a picture of her wearing it on Instagram today cuz it was awesome. Like the little toddler Stanley Cup Champions t-shirt. But this was it was kind of like this is like the first run where you just want to get the stuff as fast as possible. And then like after a while you'll see cooler stuff come out on different websites and I'm sure I'll have like a second run of of, of memorabilia that I want to get. But for right now this was this was the first wave, if you want to call it that. Just t-shirts. I got a long sleeve t-shirt for me. And this T-shirt, I got the same T-shirt for Mary, and then I got uh, the, the toddler ones a little bit different for Virginia. They didn't have baby stuff, so I, was, the baby stuff was all gone. So I couldn't Aww. get anything for John. So he'll just grow in. He'll wear Virginia's toddler shirt at the well, rate he, John's going. He'll kid, wear. the yeah, he's gonna be will wear this. shirt like next year.
1: I mean he might fit into your orange Cassidy shirt before before you
2: do. Kid is an absolute unit. He's uh, a tank. I mean. Runs in the family. And Virginia was too, though. Virginia, Virginia's <laughs> huge for her. Size. Her cousin, I always forget how far apart in age they are. Like her cousin is eight months older than she is. Um, my niece, like, she, Audrey, was born in January. Virginia was born in September, and I forget how far apart in age they are because Virginia's legitimately taller than she is. Like she's bigger than Audrey. She's just like like so you just kind of forget because eight months is no small matter when you're talking about a three year old and a two year old being apart. Like that's a, a large discrepancy, and I just forget constantly that they're not like twins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the ones are always uh fighting a little bit right they always fight yeah every day Boy, when i do? left they were fighting it was
2: great
1: <laughs> gotta go to work honey sorry
2: good luck with that what do you want me to do when mary's yeah. parents were over there today they, we have double duty we have two helpings um so they, they they can handle the
1: fights. Did you do like did you do banners, mugs? Nothing? No, not yet. I'll probably get a you mug. You will, okay. Sean, so Sean
2: gave me his 96 uh, one of his 96 championship Stanley Cup mugs. So like I've got I've been using that as like my game day Avalanche mug. You've had that for a while though, right? He gave yeah, like when he co-hosted the show like in August, he brought that in oh, okay, and gave okay, it to okay. me. Okay. Um but I I'll probably get a new mug. I'll probably get I don't know. I'll probably get something else. banners now. I probably won't do that. Not a banner, like keychain maybe? Nah, probably not a keychain. I had I used
1: to have the Eagles keychain. it wore it wore so thin it was just being ended up being just like a gray circle nah. it, it wore off. Now I do still have my my Louisville one though. That happened. How much Louisville stuff did you buy in thirteen?
2: Not as much as I thought I was going to. It was mostly just,
1: well, I'm kind of with you on that because mainly because of size situations for me, like Eagle stuff was easier to get for size.
2: I probably got like three shirts. I know we got like we still use like the we have like the Tervis tumblers, the, the big cups that were like national championship cups. Yeah, yeah. We still use those. Those are like part of our everyday cupware at the house. Um, I I mean I got like some posters that are in my basement, some so you stuff did like a that,
1: banner slash posters. Yeah, did that okay. but I also
2: like like. Like I got some posters from some people who made some stuff that was was cool. Like some memorabilia was like like given to me. You know, it was one of those deals where like if you put it on your website that we're doing this, like we'll send hook you up with like an autograph, like of one of our prints. So I've got that those framed, um, and like sort of like odds and I did more like the keychain, like odds and ends stuff with U of than I think I'm I'll do with the Avalanche. Because quite frankly, like. If, College I care more about U of L than Lynch. I care about Colorado.
1: Where, where would Avalanche rank in terms of your fan base?
2: They'd be behind. Are they behind, they're behind the Reds and Cardinals? like U of L's one, Reds would be two, lines would be three, Avs would be four. Also, oh, Abs are behind the lines. They, yeah, Avs are definitely behind the lines. Okay,
1: so you know, you, so you don't you you follow the Avs, but you don't watch like. Religiously, game daily games. Or I'll watch of-
2: if they're on in the regular season, and I've got like it's not like, in the throes of college basketball season. But that, that's the thing about hockey is Which football's easier to do, follow exactly weekly
1: because it's only on Sunday. And
2: hockey is harder because it's always right in the middle of college basketball season. Mm-hmm. And most times, I'm doing U of L stuff. And you know, up until the past couple of years, I've been doing college basketball stuff as well. And even now, like, I still like college basketball is my favorite sport. I'm gonna watch because I know I've, I still do some freelance stuff, so like, it's tough to get really really into the ins and the outs of everyday regular season avalanche stuff but when they the playoffs start like there's nothing else going on i'm always all in but i try to catch the abs if there's nothing else going on and they have a ra- big regular season game that's on tv i'll try to watch but they're definitely behind lines of the red. is there
1: like a a line to draw like it's not not enough to be considered a fan or too much even if you are a fan and purchasing championship stuff
2: i feel well, it depends on your tax bracket like, right i, I mean i guess yeah i mean well i mean
1: let, let's let's just the tax bracket like regardless Let's just say, I mean, obviously, yes. If you're spending, you know, three hundred dollars on memorabilia, and you know, little little Bobby's not gonna only get one meal this exactly week because of it. That's that's obviously too far. But we'll, we'll we'll take that aside. Like is because I mean, i wonder if I spent too much on it. Like I said, I'm I'm finding clo- shirts I haven't even opened yet from. Ch- because I
2: think the I think you're fine with the Eagles because you're a diehard fan like and you've seen the gray one I've worn right and who knows like this may I've be got the, like four of those this <laughs> may be the last time like for all you know like, the Eagles may never win a Super Bowl again like yeah, that's I mean. that's not beyond the realm of possibility I think we all assume our teams are always going to win multiple championships but especially in a sport like the NFL where it's yeah. You have to catch those moments when you have them. Like, the if the Lions ever won a Super Bowl, I would just assume they're never going to win another one in my lifetime, and I would buy as much as I possibly could. I bought a beach We're talking couch. four I figures. I don't even go to the beach.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's still on the little, like, plastic, like, hook thing that you would find in a Like, I, I've got a banner. You've seen one hanging in the OG Studios, where it'll be on Friday. I've got another one at home. I've got one that's being I mean, opened as well. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't fault you for it. it, it I think, well, it, it, to, and I'm, unfortunately for me also, I did all this ordering pretty much from my hotel room in Minneapolis after the game. So you were, you were on the high. I was uh, more ways than one. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you were riding that high. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, like the kid never ending story. On that little dog, I'm like, yeah! I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm like, see, he sees the bullies and swoops down against. I see, D- I see t-shirts and memorabilia. I'm like, go get them, yeah.
2: And like, I'm just buying stuff left and right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to interrupt the the, the no. line of thought here. We have, yeah, you know, we've been saying this for a long time, and I'll go ahead and get this the other way now, Scott. If you're listening, I know you're at me today's right now. If you <laughs> if you got an earbud. In your ears right now, Rocco's
1: listening. He'll relay the message. You're streaming.
2: <laughs> you're streaming 1450, the Big X from Charlotte, while you're doing your interviews. But you want you one ear on us, one ear on the media. I get it. If you're doing that, listen closely, Scott. We need you to beat Syracuse. So let me say that. Let's get so, that out of the way. So massive, we have to say it yeah. once a day. We've got this now. Because every time I I do the whole like Scott, you need to beat Syracuse thing, there's at least one or two U fans who are like, beat Syracuse. Like, well, of course we're going to beat Syracuse. We should be him by three touchdowns. Like that's kind of the point. Is we should beat Syracuse handily. We always beat Syracuse handily. But if Satterfield has built up all this goodwill with a recruiting class going into this season where we need him to have success to avoid it being awkward in the offseason if we're not going to fire him or we are going to fire him or whatever happens, like that starts with, with beating Syracuse. Like you have to keep those good vibes going. But for the most part, it's been just kind of like that. Like it's been all about us. Not not really about Syracuse. Well, now we've got this. Syracuse line, linebacker Michael Jones, I think it's Michael. I don't know if it's Michael Jones or Michael. It's spelled I M-I-K-E-L. I know he's good. I remember that.
1: Could be Mikel?
2: He was asked about facing a quarterback like Louisville's Malik Cunningham week one at home. Here's was his, his response was, quote, I don't see it as much of a challenge. Ooh.
1: I mean, was he not on last year's like 41 to 3 team that got beat 41 to 3?
2: That was my thought. Is you faced him a few times. I I don't have to look up Malik Cunningham's stats from that game to to remember that they were pretty good.
1: Wasn't the score 45 to 3 or 41 to 3? It was a lot
2: to a little. It was a lot.
1: I mean, let's be honest. Syracuse's inept offense over the last few years has helped Brian Brown's argument of like. They you, you have no idea how much they bring down the, the points per game average we give up for Brian Brown's defense. Even
2: in twenty seventeen, do you remember that? Like when like it was like one of the first games where Jair came back and we played Syracuse. We held him to like seven points after giving up a million and three or yeah. four and people were like, they're starting to get it. I mean they're it, starting to get it. Brian Van Gorder, he's coming around. And look at I know that was the Peter Sermon year. Look
1: at twenty twenty, we're giving up like forty points to everybody except Notre Dame, who's held to twelve for some reason. And then we shut out Syracuse. We beat Syracuse. You you don't do that shutout. We don't. We we, that might be the only. Brian Brown averages over thirty points, giving up a game on defense his entire every year of his career.
2: We beat Syracuse forty-one to three last year. Malik Cunningham was thirteen of eighteen through the air, two hundred nine yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He didn't run very much. He only carried seven times. He played the second
1: half, did he really? I I can't imagine he
2: did. We were up thirty-five to three at halftime. Yeah, he didn't also rush for a touchdown, so five total touchdowns. I think I could be wrong about this. I don't think. Uh, well, I take it back. I, th- I was going to say I didn't think Mikel Jones or Michael Jones or whatever the hell his name is uh, played in that game, but he did. He had three tackles, one sack. <laughs> Great work. Not worried about it, is he?
1: Three tackles. Woo-hoo. Scott. <laughs> Congratulations, Mikel. You had as many tackles as your team did points. Shut these dudes up, Scott.
2: Just beat them. God, the ACC media is kind of spicy. I'm looking at some quotes now that I'm, I've missed like on the oh, way we in have, here.
1: Did Boston College's coach come out and say they're going to be irrelevant and, and instantly powerhouse?
2: Like Can Andrew? you name Boston College's coach? No, there's no way. <laughs> there's zero chance of this Tom happening. Tom Coughlin, <laughs> Jeff Hafley, who people think very highly of, people think they're going to be good this year. We'll see. Well, they did to keep Drkovic, right? Drkovic is back
1: when he's healthy. They, they, I mean, they have a. They, they obviously have a. They can be competitive. They should be them, good. Yeah. They should be better because they were good defensively last year.
2: I also I just glanced at the text line 502-414-1450. What happened on KRC this morning? Apparently, Roush was like in a very very bad mood, and he and TJ just battled all day on the air. All the texts oh, that I'm they, seeing are just like. Being, they were being spicy together? They were being snippy. All the I see is squirrel? like. All these people who are like, Roush, what the. WTF is wrong with Roush. Like, he must be hungover or just mad. Like, why is Roush so mad at everybody? Like, why are you guys fighting so much? And then in the middle of that, all three of y'all are dweebs. <laughs> I wonder what they. I mean, do you think it has something to do with Missouri? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I didn't hear the show this morning. But the text line seems to indicate that there was a, a lot of. Bickering,
1: TJ. You're probably listening. I know Roush isn't. Scoots may be, but TJ, if you're listening, let us know. Let, give us, give us a, a, a quick update on what happened today. What did 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 you say something mean to Roush? Did he try to shove me in the locker? Did you give you a wedgie or what, Willie? I mean,
2: I love that this quote is out there now, though, because it used to just be about Louisville beating Syracuse because we should beat Syracuse. Now I just want to shut the dudes up. Like now, it's it's time to shut these dudes who have no reason to talk the hell up did we actually need any more motivation to beat syracuse if we did we found it like personally it's not about the team it's about me and personally now i've got way more motivation to beat syracuse by the amount that we usually beat them which is like 35 40 points Uh, speaking of michael jones again go back to two years ago the team that was not good louisville was two and six going into its game against syracuse beat syracuse 30 to nothing really cutting him in that game 19 of 28 through the air 219 yards uh touchdown did throw two picks he rushed for another touchdown as well. So in the last two games against Syracuse, this uh, you know, Michael Jones claims he's not worried about Malik Cunningham. He doesn't see it as a challenge. That same team, that same player that he's talking about, the team defeated his uh, his team by a combined score of uh, sixty four to three. No, I, I got that was he, wrong. Seventy one to three. Wait, was Mikel that, in that twenty? Was He that, was. Okay. So forty one to three or seventy one to three the last two years, and Malik Cunningham in those two games has combined for. Uh, seven total touchdowns. So maybe at least a little bit of a challenge.
1: In fairness, I want to say it was at 19, they actually scored like 24 on us.
2: I feel like that was right. I was at, at I mean, that game. I think game. we dropped 50. But we brought I mean, Virginia to that game. People judged us. It was very cold, and we had a, like a yeah, two-month-old <laughs> at a football
1: game. We normally do play Syracuse later in the season, I feel like. We, you're right. the last couple years we
2: have. We, we typically have, but that game, I think you're right. But it was like, like we were up by a lot when Syracuse was scoring. Like, yeah,
1: they did drop like 24, maybe 30 on us. I can't remember. It was the only— only game under stat they actually
2: did any scoring against this. It was uh, 56 to 34. <laughs> Malik Cunningham in that game, in case you're wondering. 11 Michael of 20 Jones through the air. Game. 238 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. He also rushed for 60 yards and another score. So we're talking about a guy who, in three his last, the three games that he started against Syracuse, has uh, combined, four, he's had 13 total touchdowns and his team has scored. I can't even do that math. 70, What's 71 plus 56? It's a lot.
1: 71 plus 56?
2: Is that 127? Is 76, 127, yeah. His team has scored 127 points in three games. He scored 13 touchdowns by himself and not much of a challenge. And by the way, Mikael Jones. Jones was on that team. He's played against this man.
1: He, he's, he was 19, 20, and 21. He's a redshirt third-year
2: sophomore. He's never beaten him. He's, lo- <laughs> he's gotten his brains beaten every single year. What are you talking about? What are you doing? I mean, it did hold him to 30 points in 2020. I love this quote. I mean, it's great. This is fantastic. This is the this is the epitome of bleep talking when you have nothing to talk about. It, it, and I have sure Kentucky fans are like this is like Louisville fans one talking to us, down like, when you're down of, yeah, three to nothing and you get a sack. Exactly. Uh, who like, I'm seeing now like all these ACC stuff. You've got players accusing other players of, of cheating. I, I gotta find these Again? quotes. I gotta catch up. ACC what'd Media wake, days. What Wake Force do this time? Who said that? <laughs> who said ACC Media Days were boring? Now we're getting. I like this. This is spicy. I don't even know. What we, we derailed Should there. we have gone a- to Charlotte? Maybe. I was after yesterday just talking about how we didn't mention ACC Media Day one time yesterday. Because that's fairness, how little I, I care about it happening today. But. I'd forgotten until so right when we're getting off. I see the tweet about the players are on their way to Charlotte. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's tomorrow. Um, and then now we have all this high quality back and forth going on. What if Scott Satterfield came out? And I said this to you yesterday. What if he like guaranteed a win over Clemson? Because we all know, we all know, we expect Satterfield to be bland and do his coach speak thing. What if he just came out and was like, "Enough's enough"? What, what if I he, guarantee, <laughs> I put my job. Little fans who want Jeff Brom, listen up. I put my job on a win over Clemson on November six, whatever the day is, sixteenth. Mark it down, circle it, do whatever you want, Dabo. I'm coming for your ass.
1: <laughs> he looks at Dabo, and goes, "Hey, Dabo." Pulls a chair out, sits next to the podium, he goes, hey, you like sitting on kids' laps?" He takes a seat. He goes, slaps his leg. Goes, sit have, on a, this. have a seat right here, because 'cause I'll be your daddy come this season. Sit on this mother, please. Sit on this
2: mother. <laughs> sit on this.
1: <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber hose,
2: Dabo. now I want it to happen. now I want Satterfield to just go just complete haywire. Could you imagine?
1: I just do pictures of Satterfield talking trash in the like. In of course not. That's why it'd be the like, best. He's gonna be the worst. He's got to sound like Sheldon talking trash from Big Bang Theory or something. Like just, <laughs> just the worst. Like yeah. your mother is overweight, Dabo. That's why this is all funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being I mean,
2: like, I guarantee I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> Just that if we just dropping F bombs right and left, <laughs> just Cali style. Look, this is this is Cali Scott. He's got he's got the, the Cali in him. Scooter <laughs> uh, Dingus has texted in to let us know about KRC. He said, oh, I'm curious. Yes, he said all he says is it was electric, such good radio. Well, I, I I feel like I'm gonna have to go listen to the podcast after the show. I might have to too. I mean, I'm I got
1: do you have something to finish watching tonight after AW. I started something new last night. Okay, I want to hear that later. And then uh, so after that, oh, I mean, you know, obviously, that's only about two hours worth of watch. So
2: TK Takedown.
1: I'm <laughs> Text line, let me know. It reminded me to do it. TK Takedown. <laughs> i feel like the TK Takedown. I think I texted that person. I was like, I feel like I picture that as an actual, like, physical thing. It's me, like, taking someone out from behind at the knees.
2: It's every time you make a UK reference. <laughs> is that what it is? Because Ram Slam was so easy to say and so much fun. TK Takedown's a little wordy, but I kind of like it. Ram Slam, wasn't that uh, the move in The Wrestler?
1: I have no idea. Ran, uh, Ram, the, the guy that... Uh, Mickey Work is I think his finishing move was the Ram Slam. I have no idea. It's a good movie, you should watch it. Don't know. Awesome. Um, Texas real quick before we go to break. I think Did, it's a little while since I said that to you. What? It's a pretty good movie you should watch
2: it. I uh, you said it a lot. Yeah, but it's been a while though, I think. Texas says considering you're a fan of both the Reds and the Lions, I would figure you'd be a Sacramento Kings fan because they're the laughingstock <laughs> stock of the NBA. That would be like that's like the Reds Lions equivalent of the NBA, isn't it? Yeah. Although at least the Kings would have had like a a period of relevance in my lifetime. Where they were well
1: the the ram the, I mean not the Rams, sorry the uh the lions brief was in your lifetime you they've were won one young. playoff game in my life. I well, think won the, NF, the NFC North though, or I guess was it the, was it called the North at the time?
2: Yeah, they've won one playoff game in my life. Is the point?
1: If it makes you feel better. They've only won one one playoff game
2: in majority of people's lives. <laughs> exactly. The Kings at least like made it to some Western Conference Finals. Do you, they, do you remember their playoff
1: win before 1991? Yes, you've talked about. Well, 19, no, you've you've given me that 1957. Yeah, you've let me know. Um. The curse, the curse of, uh, of was it not? Uh, what was the quarterback's name? Bobby
2: Lane, Dick Lane, Randall Pete. The curse of Dick Lane is true. Uh, Texas says, "Okay, um, it's, it's a long text.
1: Is it long or just not unreadable?"
2: It, it's something with the health talk. I've recommended Netflix talk called "How to Change Your Mind." I actually watched the. It was a Netflix show. I started last night. I watched the beginning of the the, the recommendation from this texter a while ago, but not a while ago, like last week. But like so, at nighttime, this is again too inside. What's going on with me? Like I can't like focus on stuff like shows. Like it just, I get like very confused. It's, I get that sometimes late at night. I know I expect that from you, but this is <laughs> this is all new to me, and I can't like if it's something that I haven't seen before, I like I can't follow it and I have to turn it off. It's been very frustrating. I've dealt with it for like two and a half months now, and that was when I really wanted to watch it, but I was kind of like, Ugh, my mind's what, what working too called? much. How to change your mind? I, I saw did. the trailer. I guess it didn't work
1: for making watching it. <laughs> the
2: guy goes to like some clinic, and I think it was um, Germany or Switzerland, maybe it's it somewhere in Europe, and takes like a takes acid and is like writing down his thoughts and stuff. Like it's interesting. I, w- I do want to watch it when mm. I'm of sound mind to say that. But it was I tried I tried, <laughs> I I stri- I I tried to, to watch it. I got like two. Then. I had to like fall asleep. It was bad.
1: <clears throat> wonder if I would, but I would have written down if I'd taken notes back in those days.
2: I would love to see those. It'd be like Creed thoughts. That would have been. I it's mean, shocking, even for the internet. Yeah, but
1: that was. I mean, you were young. That was that was that was that was ninety five to ninety seven era in Trevor Kelsey life. By the way, I started writing down my jobs last night. Okay, good. I, I'm not. I haven't got them all. I'm up to thirty though. Good God. But I but I am up to the two thousands.
2: The thing is, there's a one hundred percent chance that we're going to do the show. And in the middle of you talking about all these jobs, you're going to remember one that you didn't include. Like, I, that's, gar- that's why, that's I guarantee I wanna, it's that's going why to I just happen. Just like say
1: I've got it because because once I get to the, like my radio station days, it, it pretty much flattens out. Yeah, like because I mean, I can see that because I mean short of like I mean just doing freelance work counts as a job. Yeah.
2: Like what okay I, have, I wouldn't include it in mine what, like I've done like I've done freelance for a bunch of different sites, like yeah, riding over and years, i've done that and you. I would never tip put that on a resume.
1: what about like I, there was a time that I you the you know the um you ever seen those those like shopping carts they put they fill with like junk that charge like eight bucks for it cost a quarter for like balloons, saxophones and stuff like that yeah I had a cart full of that crap one time and someone gave me a 100 bucks to stand at the uh the derby fest the, the derby parade and sell that stuff on the side of the parade for like eight hours. By the way, n- never recommend it. Worst job ever. I can Would imagine. that count as a job or is that? No, just, that's okay. not a job. All right. Well, that wasn't on the list. But out of know. the list. It's out of the tournament. Also, two factory jobs I had. I don't remember what they were called, so I just
2: wrote factory job. <laughs> I,
1: wrote car, I wrote car part factory, which is what I did, and then late, uh, third shift factory. I don't remember what the names were. <laughs> All
2: right. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's get into the AC Media Day stuff. Outside of this, Mikel, Mikel, whatever the hell your name is, Jones quote, we'll talk about what Scott Satterfield had to say and a little bit about what Jim Phillips had to say regarding the future of the AC. All that stuff coming your way next. And more from you on the Thornton's text line as well at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a ACC kickoff Wednesday here on 1450 The Big X. Seems
0: this world has got you down. You're feeling bad, bad, racial, frown. Open your eyes, girl. Look at me. Look at I'm gonna me. I'm to show you how. song to say what you done i told you about fears, and the way they did run
2: Your so weird i listened to the song like two nights ago and, really? I, and i had this thought i was like i haven't heard this song in probably like, like nine you know, ten years, years ago from the shins and I was like, oh, I was kind of like it. And I, got, I just added to like my Spotify, like the big list of songs that I keep. Probably hadn't heard it in ten years. And I've heard it now twice in two days. Crazy. That song. Wild. That Not a bad song.
0: I don't. Li- I
1: don't know a lot of ch- the. I was a big fan back in the day. I mean, I know this song. I think there's a couple. I think there was some James Mercer solo stuff that I heard that I liked at one point. But outside of that, yeah, I don't. I mean, this is the one song I always remember from. Probably my favorite.
2: Let's talk. ACC kickoff is going on today, or ACC media day, whatever the hell. I mean, just call them media days. Why do we have to do this? It's better than Project Basketball. What do they do during basketball season, which is the Wait most embarrassing thing?
1: First of all, it's you can't
2: call it kickoff day because there's no. Kickoff, they call man. it the ACC kickoff. They don't call it ACC media days.
1: Well, that's that's just false advertising. It's dumb. It's media day. Get it. Get over. It. I mean, there's no kickoff is like the, the the first day of the season for ACC play.
2: Yeah, they, you get what they're trying to say. Yeah, and they're trying to confuse people. They're trying to say the season's on now, which you know, you know, people get excited when it's like people say the season's here when this happens. They say the season's here when fall practice starts, uh, the fall camp starts. The season's here when like the team has their own media day. The season's not really here until you actually beat the crap out of Syracuse, Scott. Stop. if You're I, listening.
1: I, I don't ask for a lot, Scott. Listen, I, I Scott. Do do what do I Scott? Good health. Didn't bother. Exercise? Not even a chance. Like f- a fortunes and fame, didn't even d- giving that hope up. Finding a woman in love, tch, I, d- out the door and out the window. Taco Bell killed it. But but here is the one thing I'm holding hope to, is you be Syracuse. in Syracuse. All I ask. Look, we don't make a lot of money have on much the show. In this life.
2: We both have failing health. Uh, yeah. Ones we have no control of. The other, you just don't care. That's fine. <laughs> uh. hey, what can I say? Okay.
1: As the famous comedian once said give me 75 uh, uh uh miles davis years over
2: 150 ken star years any day there you go <laughs> give me 75 over like one ken star year. <laughs> let's talk uh, about ac kickoff though we'll, we'll talk about louisville's comments coming up here shortly but i want to start with the the big thing of the day was jim phillips talking and everybody was wondering what's he going to say is he going to answer questions Are, is the media going to hold his feet to the fire because it seems like the world is kind of crumbling around the ACC. How is he going to react to this? He said a couple of notable things. We won't play the—I'm you know, not going to rehash all of his comments or play the entire audio. But he did say—he I, I, started on this note. And I guess we should have expected this, but it was still, I guess, refreshing to hear it. I love our 15 schools. I'm confident in us staying together. That's all I've heard in all the calls we've had. We want to work together to provide more resources to our student-athletes so we're all on the same page. He also talked about the grant of rights thing Uh, you know he's asked about the strength there is it really going to be enough to hold these schools together to hold this conference together and he said i can just go by what history has told us with the grant of rights including in current times people talked about oklahoma and texas leaving immediately i think it's pretty well stated now that that's not the case they're going to wait until their grant of rights is over listening to ucla and usc they clearly are going to stay in the pac-12 until their grant of rights is over he mentioned the fact that the buyout is the buyout it's 100 million dollars if you want to get out before 2036 it's again. I, I think if <clears throat> excuse me, if time goes on, and we get a couple of years down the line, or a year down the line, and the SEC or the Big Ten, they're ready for that next big move. Going to target an ACC program or or four ACC programs, they'll find a way to get around this. But right now, my guess is somebody at least tried. They at least put in the the quick leg work to see you know just how airtight is this. Is this, are we talking like? Airtight, Airtight, are we talking like Death Star, where, you know, could we have just boarded up that little hole <laughs> to the thermal exhaust that you can shoot a, uh, a little laser beam through and blow up the entire thing? Best robot chicken ever. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, it sounds like it holds. I mean, he says, Phillips goes on to say, you can follow the logic here. I would think the significance of what that would mean, the television rights and the conference owns, as well as a nine-figure financial penalty, I think it holds. But your guess is as good as mine, which you're like, you're like, OK, good, 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 confident, confident, good, good. And then at the end, you don't have to toss in that your guess is as good as mine because, no, our guess should not be as good as yours. You should know more. You should have more confidence or less confidence than any one of us because you're on the inside looking out. Um, but isn't he technically a lawyer as well? I know I do.
1: I mean, don't, don't you have to have like a law degree usually when you're in that position for the most part? I don't think so. OK. Helps.
2: I'm coming out. <laughs> he's from
1: Northwestern, so probably. I mean, okay, yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, if he's either an actor or a lawyer.
2: Fun fact about Jim Phillips: You know the Maybe he's both. You know the NCAA tournament gift that everybody used—the kid in the Northwestern shirt who goes, "Oh, oh yeah. my god!" He's crying. He's crying. Yeah, yeah. That's his son. That's from when Jim Phillips was at Northwestern. That's his kid.
1: Is it really? I think you have told me that before. I do
2: feel bad about like kids who get memed at that age because now, I mean, that kid's probably. Like, you know, that was. It's been. Six years since Northwestern played in the NCAA tournament. What are you that, talking about? You feel bad for him. That's like the the best. That's the highlight of their life. I guess, man. But like, it's not a it's not an endearing gift. It doesn't paint him in a positive light. He's like eighteen now. I'm sure he got he's gotten made fun of that about that at least oh no a handful you of embrace, times. This
1: is like we had to talk about the cat the, the kid that, that was on the baby on the front of the Nirvana album. You know.
2: Well, now he's he hates it. He's suing Nirvana.
1: Yeah, but I'm like, and he's an idiot too. Like, if I'm him or that Northwestern kid, I'm like putting that picture on like a T-shirt posters. I'm. have so, got a website. I'm selling items, like keychains, underwear, uh, hats, everything. Imagine now, having a pair of boxers with that kid's image on your face, on, on the front.
2: Now we have to talk about the, the the quote of the day from Jim Phillips. This, there's no way to paint this pretty. And the, cue up the Penn State stat. You're gonna hate me. I gotta step out for a second. Okay. Why? So, somebody, see. I gotta go grab something. something. Okay. Good. You're fine. I'll be back. Go for it. Talk about Jim Phillips. I'll pretend like I was listening. I'll talk about Jim Phillips. Well, I, I I'm gonna have to get your reaction after this, but the. <laughs> The Jim Phillips quote of the day, and this does, it is reminiscent of the the Penn State most players drafted. It's like besides six other schools and every year, like they, they just kind of throwing out a, a giant grandiose quote, a grandiose thing, and then having to qualify it with a pretty significant qualifier. Jim Phillips said about the ACC right now, all in all metrics, we are one of the leaders in the country, except the revenue piece of it. Which is no, <laughs> no small piece of the entire puzzle. This whole thing is revolving around money, and Jim Phillips is like, we're number one in everything besides the actual one thing that matters more than anything else. So that clearly got a lot of love. I love the graphic that Luke Zimmerman put together, where it's like ACC leaders in all metrics, and then has the asterisk by it and it says accept revenue. Yeah, the quote. Are you are you back now?
1: Yeah, and the guy in the studio got it from. I guess somebody was supposed to drop off something for Dave Reichel. Oh. Guys, so I didn't even have to leave. I'm sorry.
2: Sorry, it's okay. The quote from Jim Phillips I'm talking about, I'll repeat myself. He, he said this about the ACC In all metrics, we are one of the leaders in the country, except the revenue piece of it. <laughs> <laughs> except the one that matters more than any other.
1: Wait a minute. So, <laughs> he's, we're, we're, at the, we're the leaders, except for revenue.
2: We're the, in all metrics, we're one of the leaders in the country, except for the revenue piece. What would piece
1: define as metrics?
2: I mean, because we're – in terms of like – I guess championships.
1: I mean, I don't think we're the leaders in that. We're one of the leaders. I mean, you have to
2: really – Oh, that's great. We're one of the – we're in the top five people. No, <laughs> we're behind – I think only like – like because we've had – you don't really like North Carolina dominates women's soccer. Virginia wins a bunch of national championships every year. Like the the non-high-profile sports, the ACC does very well. The ACC and the Pac-12 kind of clean up. So I would be willing to bet we're at least top three in terms of like all champ. We're definitely ahead of the Big 12 – and the Big 10. I think and in like all national championships the, the sports that make no money pretty much yeah that pretty much lose money more often than not. Yeah, and, and you know, North Carolina not did, to bash did play the I, men's I, championship I, I, game.
1: I'm, I'm I'm all for watching it myself. And there's no
2: disrespect. But Don't get mad at me on Twitter. I'm just saying that's one of the metrics that Jim Phillips is talking about. But the one that we're not leading in is is you know, making money, <laughs> which is kind of a big deal in this day and age. So I enjoyed that quote. It was very much the Penn State every player drafted in every NFL draft except six between 1960 and 1993. <laughs> like that was, yeah, it's, a, it's a big asterisk to have there. You can't exactly just say we're good at everything besides making money. So that was a, a big quote that stood out. Uh, he also was asked about Notre Dame and says It's a big quote. It just makes him look like a buffoon.
1: It's not great. <laughs> it makes him look like an idiot. It's not a great look. Like, you mean. Like I feel like he's at some point he should have like anytime he says something stupid, his kid should like be sitting inside him and do the crying face. Oh my him. god. Yeah, I mean that's what Dad. Just, that's, just do a drop like that. Like we we lead the in metrics in almost everything except for money. They the kid Dad. Does that mean I'm not going to Northwestern too?
2: Now tell me this isn't the most friend zoned quote of all time. Like he's talking about Notre Dame. This could easily be your way-too-sensitive friend from high school who's, talking, who's trying to justify maintaining his platonic relationship with a girl that he very clearly has a crush on but won't admit it. Here's what he had to say. He was asked about Notre Dame. He says, quote, We continue to remain close with Notre Dame. They know how we feel. <laughs> they know we would love to have them as a football member in the conference. But we and I also respect their independence. I know if there comes a time (laughs) that Notre Dame would consider moving to a conference and away from independence, I feel really good about it being the ACC. This is like, this Uh, this is very, it's very much the she's just not ready to date now. She's not at that place in her life. When she does come to a point in her life where she's ready to get serious with somebody, I'm confident it's me. And then that chick marries a drummer from a local band three months later. Oh, after
1: after she slept with the other, the bassist four times. She's just not in that place. She's not in that headspace. First of all, you nailed the analogy. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I probably would have tried. But every
2: sure no. line makes it better. I mean, every. If there comes a time, I remain confident it's going to be the ACC. I mean, it's, it's, she knows how I feel. I mean, it's like, but I've got to respect her independence right I mean, now. We're step away. We're from, 28.
1: We're gonna let Notre Dame borrow our car at one point. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do its homework. We're going to we're gonna lend it money. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hang out there with it. And 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 turning yep. down other relationships, chances of other relationships for ourselves to hang out with it,
2: but get nowhere. Pick it and the Big Ten up from a conference together. Oh, yeah. where they got too drunk. Uh,
1: if you say, you don't think we're taking a thing to the airport to get this, so we can take a flight <laughs> to see the guys banging? You have, I mean, yeah, that's obvious. We're driving. We're, we're driving
2: Kevin Warren to the airport to South go to South Bend.
1: We're giving it. We're giving Notre Dame and its day to ride to to it. To a restaurant because his date is is on a DUI because it's a drummer from Winger.
2: What I mean, I mean what this quote <laughs> says to me is Notre Dame's not leaving. They, they don't think Notre Dame's leaving it for a conference anytime soon.
1: Notre Dame's not coming to the ACC. They're time. not. They're never going to. There's no way. We are in the we are in the utter we are in the pure definition of friend zone when it comes to that. They're going go to go the ACC or the SEC. I still think the I mean the Big Ten or the uh, SEC. they to the Big Ten. I still think it's the Big Ten. It's myself as well. But those are the two, the only two it's going to possibly even go to. We we have no chance.
2: I mean, look, she knows how I feel. Like I'm hearing your. She's co- just not. She's just not in that place right now. I'm hearing. I've you got say- to respect that. I've got to give her space. But when the time comes, ten years from now, we're going to be together. I'm just, I'm, I have full faith.
1: I'm building up, uh, building up credit in the friend zone. Because what she's going to realize. That she doesn't want a boy; she wants a man at some point.
2: It just reminds her.
1: she doesn't she doesn't want someone who leads the metrics and money. She wants someone who leads the metrics in in, in non revenue sports.
2: Look, I know her. <laughs> I know her heart. I know her, I know her soul. <laughs> she's a good. She's person. a kind. She's not gonna. She's she might date some guy like that. It's a phase. She's not gonna marry that type of guy. She wants the nice boy. But she's not that girl you saw in in, in, in barely legal magazine. Am I willing to go without having sex until my mid-30s just to wait around and fight out? Absolutely. Mid-30s. Absolutely. Because she's worth it. And I know that one day she's going to come to her senses and realize where home is. And home is right here in Greensboro, North Carolina. I feel like we were the
1: type of people that have like a like a Kelly Kapowski cutout of her under Notre Dame underneath our bed. Yeah, except like
2: Zach still like dated around while he was waiting. Around. Like he wasn't going yeah. to wait for Kelly— like, and he had and he, and he had a legitimate
1: shot. Well, like yeah. you, you knew Kelly wouldn't put him in the friend zone. We're, this
2: just, is more of a Screech Lisa situation.
1: He would Screech got to go out at some point with Lisa. And he had his own girlfriend, Violet uh, Bickerstaff. Yeah. Tori Spelling. Well, I guess that would be what Boston College does. <laughs> that, <that's>, or us, <laughs> I guess. Like bringing in Louisville at the last second. <laughs> Which was <one's> Syracuse? <laughs> is Notre Dame the girl from the Valley that teased the... Uh, but when she put the gum in her mouth, she went like surfer girl. I'm going to see you at the
2: gallery. At the gallery. <laughs> okay.
1: Nobody knows what we're talking about. I That's know. fine. I don't care. Okay. Um, I almost part of me, like I'm listening to these quotes you're giving me, but I feel like I need to see like the body language that comes with it. Like, was there like. Was Trump, he crying? Well, yeah, a single he, tear was, rolling down yeah, his left like, cheek as he says it. Like he's the Indian in the '70s commercial, <laughs> seeing trash on the side of the road. Uh, I mean, was was he like trying to hold on to a straight face? Did he tremble? Did, did he? Was he reading it like from behind, like a podium that you couldn't see him? Like what he said. Like I, I, have, I feel like I have to. Not
2: only that I have to kind of hear like. His, was I still believe in you playing softly in the was, background? Was
1: his voice cracking at any point during this? Like you could tell he's lying. The,
2: I'm also just a commissioner. You still standing in front of a school,
0: <laughs>
2: asking him to love us. What's sad is I knew that line before I
1: ever saw the movie. It's, it's famous line. <laughs> like I saw, she said that line and I was like, I know that. Um, I mean, hearing this, which. This sounds just reeks of it's I can, pathetic I can smell desperation from Charlotte here they haven't won a title since 1988
2: like, we're also we're going all out for like a, a six too on the like they they like if we're continuing this you know because again sports analogies always have to go back to relationships the only thing that we can do yeah like we're, we're not waiting out for Kelly Kapowski the only thing we know less about we're waiting out for Violet Pickerstaff like we're, we're flipping that analogy on the side. I don't even
1: head. know if we're getting that level
2: like they're fine they, they we're, we're waiting around for Peakton High School Kid like like you don't wait for peaked and high school girl oh, to like to you know you don't marry them when they're 41 and they've just you know been doing drugs and they're just this is Jenny at the end of Forrest Gump. <laughs> that's right. I love you Forrest. You shouldn't have waited around for her. She's not who she was in 1988.
1: I has been around the block twice over.
0: She has an incurable
2: disease. That's that's Notre Dame. that's who they are now. They're not what they used to be. They don't carry the same cachet. Why are we doing this? Did Jenny give forest that disease too when they slept together or did she not have because did she, she didn't know she had it but she probably
1: had it by then yeah i think i think the assumption is he was fine okay because we know he didn't pass it on to the little forest little forest is fine we knew that yeah, yeah. but um i don't know that was a random thought i just popped in my no, head it's understandable <laughs> it's, uh Jenny i know one of my main problems in the movie <laughs> i know you don't like you have a thing against jenny and, and rightfully so she's awful does does hearing this she's just not stench of desperation from the ACC commissioner today does that like make you change your mind in any way towards what you were? You said on Monday, that you a little were, bit confident that you were confident that the AC would be surviving as the third tier conference or even fourth tier, maybe depending on what the Big 12 does? No, I, I still
2: <laughs> feel like they're going to. If we're talking about just like the immediate future, I think they're still going to be around in some form for the next few years. Okay. Well, immediate. What's, what's a little bit different, and I was going to say this for the second hour, I think that there's there may be movement on the Big 12 front because we didn't mention this yesterday, but the Big 12 and the Pac-12, they talked about trying to form some sort of, you know, having the, having the loose partnership. <laughs> yeah, like you're joking, but really they, they were they were in talks for the last few days about having some sort of partnership, a potential merger, all that stuff. And the Big 12 came out and defiantly, definitively said, no, we we're, there's going to be no relationship between us and the Pac-12, which says to me, we're trying to pick off Pac-12 schools. And there are, I, I think... Eight different schools that are set to have board of tr- impromptu board of trustees meetings. Uh, I think today. I hey, would finally we talk about
1: someone else's Board of trustees yeah.
2: meetings. I would not be shocked if the Big Twelve, if that report that Dennis Dodd came out with a few weeks ago that everybody kind of ended up crapping on, if it winds up co- becoming true, and they target those four schools, they go after I think it's Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, and I think the Big Twelve, like I'm are not sure going to be the shocked. He's looking at it, the, the Big, Big Twelve. Okay, I'm not going to be shocked at all if they add them. And that would, that would push the ACC in a position where, are you going to act? Just how confident are you, you in this grant of rights? Just how confident are you that Clemson can't pony up the $100 million it would need to join the, the SEC? But, and if you aren't, do you make a move on the remaining Pac-12 schools? I mean, do you try to go after these transitioning Big 12 schools? Do you just say, fine, Big 12 that doesn't make them that much stronger. Those four schools are okay, but we're still going to be competitive for that You know. The best of the rest, that third spot. I mean, that'll be the move. I,
1: even if your grant of rights baloney is actually can legitimately keep a school there for till 2049 or whatever it is, I mean, which again, if a school I feel it wants to leave, regardless of how much the payout is, they can probably get out of it without having to pay that whole amount if they want to fight it strong enough. But that that that's one thing. Okay, being com- being comfortable in your in your, your own skin to feel like you're not losing a team, but then to not even like turn around and like be aggressive and try to keep up with the competition. I mean, you're like, you're like an arcade. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're just an Atari sitting around watching, you know, PS4s come around.
2: Okay, my question is, what what would the move be that would be keeping up with the Joneses there? Well, you just adding. You got to go other, after
1: the Pac-12 teams,
2: but does that even make you stronger? Just adding Washington State or whoever, because you're not going to get Washington or Oregon. You're not.
1: Which are the two the top two teams?
2: So you're talking about the other four remaining schools are just kind of whatevers.
1: Well, I mean, you've got you've got to at least give
2: a fight, right? Why? Are you not so? You're saw, just gonna lay down and die. No, you're gonna stay stand pat at 15 teams.
1: Well, then you're not gonna be a. You're gonna be passed over. You're, you're just gonna
2: fade down the line. But my point is this: is is adding dead weight. Th- does that do anything to make up ground on the Big 12? Like I, I feel like yeah, that brings in money from those schools. I mean, not really. Like, I feel like you're stronger, for it. Like Adding Washington State and whoever else is not going to change your TV contract that you're trying to renegotiate what with ESPN. What if you had like
1: a Cal and Stanford, though? I mean, that at least gives you the West Coast feed. I mean, I,
2: I guess. I, I feel like it almost wa- – I mean,
1: Oregon I, and Washington the two, but you're right. They're going to go to the SEC more than likely. I, I would assume SEC is going to take them.
2: I think the, the Big Ten or the SEC – those are the two big ones that are out there now. They're going to go to one of those the two SEC, conferences. Because the Big Ten already got USC and UCLA. So I figured, yes, it's probably a safe SEC assumption.
1: smart to, they, 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 that's the two best West Coast teams left.
2: And the SC's biggest programs, by and large, are Nike schools as well. So getting Oregon on board would make exactly. sense.
1: Exactly. Um, Even though schools do match more of the Big Ten's theme of state schools, but.
2: I just don't know if adding the, you know, any of the schools that are left out there, or even like going to the Mountain West or trying to get BYU, which does have a large fan base, its own TV network. They make a ton of money despite being a kind of, you know, middling player in most major college athletics. Besides, I think in the irony of all ironies, they are the dominant hip hop dance program in American sports. You can look that up. That's not a, a fact that I'm making up their hip hop dance program is incredible. BYU, same school talking about them. Besides that, like they don't bring that much to the table. Besides big time money, big time fan base. I mean, the
1: fact there's a hip hop dance class in general at the collegiate level. It's just... Well,
2: it's not officially sanctioned, but you, none of those sports are. None of, mm. none of the cheers are. But it's still they have national titles. But I just don't know that adding any of those programs puts you like any closer to the Big Twelve, or I if mean, it, like dips you below the Big Twelve. I mean, does it put you above? No, but I mean, by doing nothing, you're going to fade
1: down the line. Why? Without even, I mean. Well, first of all, I mean,
2: just just in competition. I mean, or I mean, teams like. Well, why, why is doing nothing? Again, I'm saying like adding these schools doesn't do anything that benefits you. So doing nothing.
1: Which school, for example, which schools do you think do not benefit?
2: Cal, Washington State. I mean, any of the Mountain West Cal's schools.
1: Pretty still nice little program. In what? Stanford's a good team. Stanford brings you competition. Stanford
2: would would help. I mean, Stanford and Stanford also wins national titles in the Olympic sports, which is something. It's and not Stanford's a big revenue a, thing.
1: Stanford's had a program in football that'd probably be what second or third the last ten years in, in the ACC. No, nah, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, with before the state's fading away, I mean they're only behind probably Clemson. Stan- Stanford's Stanford? been solid the last few years. They've Look been there.
2: solid, but I mean they they now how does they'd that be conv- right there in like the middle of now the, if you want to argue and say
1: that won't compute. Because they do it against the Pac-12, fine, maybe, but I mean, they've been a solid eight, nine, ten-win program for several years now. Well, they went three and nine last year. Well, except for last year, <laughs> I mean, everybody has a bad year.
2: <laughs> they went three and nine the year before. Okay, okay. The last four out of the last five. Okay, five they of the last. They were eight. four and eight in twenty nineteen. All right, shut up.
1: Okay. <laughs> they were 8 and
2: 4 in 2018. There you go. They did I, beat, blame,
1: I blame COVID. COVID has given They a, did beat Pitt in the games. So I mean, there I you l- go. Listen, they they're in school in California in the middle of COVID, okay? They have no chance. That's, yeah, fair. I mean, sure. come on. <laughs> COVID ruined everything. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even use a public bathroom in California since 2020.
2: My point, though, is I, I think you may be better served just standing back. Standing like, I, I don't think you fall behind. I, I don't think not doing it. Everybody wants. Everybody thinks you have to do something when everybody else is doing something, and sometimes just keeping your head and, and not making a move that seems counterproductive is the best. Route you Just to go. not want to share money with another school. No, it's not even that. Like I, I just don't think that they, if they don't bring anything to table to the table, why just add them for the sake of adding them?
1: I mean, if that's the case, we could get rid of some schools, then, right?
2: Well, you'd like to. I mean, ideally, like, throw, throw Boston College back down to the Big East or whatever.
1: I mean, right I, I'd say Syracuse, but I kind of like to have that win in football. I mean, they're they are a budding robbery to us. Scott. Man. Scott and
2: Scott. Uh, speaking of Scott, we're gonna take a break when we come back. We'll hear from Scott Satterfield. We'll talk about his comments from today. I think he's still doing media sessions. His breakout session though at the podium was at twelve fifteen. We'll talk about a little bit of, of his comments. Also, Malik Cunningham. I see styling, his suit, by the way. I see it. Looking great in the red outfit a- outfits. Shades of Lamar Jackson winning the Heisman Trophy. He talked a little bit today about his mm. relationship with Lamar Jackson. I uh, will get into all that good stuff before we uh, throw it to break. Though reminder, if you need sunglasses this summer, hit up our friends over at Shady Rays. Go to shadyrays.com. Check out their wide array of sunglasses. Pick out some of your favorites. Trevor's got his on right now in the production uh, booth. He's looking great. He's style. He looks like a WWE, take it back, AEW superstar. He's looking fantastic. Find your own Trevor Kelsey sunglasses. Go to shadyraise.com. Use the promo code Big X when you check out. It's going to save you 15% off any of your purchases. And again, all those purchases, a portion of all those purchases, goes towards feeding hunger in America. Uh, ShadyRace.com all summer long. Big X is the promo code. We'll be right back with hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and
0: 961, the Big X. Don't go thinking you gotta be tough. To play like a star. song Serenade the weekend squire Just came out to mow his lawn Another pleasant really? valley Sunday, Sunday.
2: Charcoal burning everywhere Welcome I mean, to hour number two of the Mike Rutherford show. I like you were trying to play Those the equal label over there. I do. <laughs> I like that 1450 the Big X, 961. We had, I texted in earlier about is the link that you put up on your uh, tweet every day for the show the only way you can listen on the phone? You can stream the show pretty much anywhere you can find a streaming service. We should be able to. Yeah, run
1: TuneIn, run.
2: Any of those apps, yeah. just search uh, 1450 Big X. You should be able to find it. I like the call-in number myself. The call-in, well, it changes every day. So it's always it hard does. to give out. But,
1: the, but the, I think the one you get, I mean, it's.
2: You always say that there's no way for them to find out what the call-in number is. <laughs> we don't give it out. You don't know it. It changes every day. So you're like, I like the call-in number. You can't use it though. It's a well, super cool also, thing. I don't like to share. Well, I'm an only child. What can I say? <laughs> Not great for listeners. So,
1: <laughs> send me five dollars and I will send you. And I will give you the number.
2: By the way, we have uh, Caleb Chandler five. now reacting to this Mikel Jones quote. Okay. Mikel, if you're just joining us, Mikel Jones, uh, Michael Jones, whatever his name is, best defensive player for Syracuse, was asked about facing a quarterback like Malik Cunningham week one at home, and he said, "quote I don't see it as much of a challenge." Caleb Chandler, now Louisville's star offensive guard, has said, Buddy threw for four TDs in the first half and had five total, but he's not a challenge. That's the thought. Make it make sense.
1: I mean, I'm more, my response would be like, well, what do you consider a challenge?
2: Take it a step further. Like, do you I think you could have, it was Lamar a challenge. I mean, we, I mean, we threw the numbers out. Malika started three games against Syracuse the last three years. He's got thirteen total touchdowns in those games, and Louisville's won those three games by a combined score of one hundred and twenty-seven to twenty-seven. I mean, the only team- we've beaten them by a hundred total points in the last three years. You can't, and Malik has been this at the the center of all three of those blowouts. You can't come out and say it's not a challenge. You cannot do that. I mean,
1: the only team that he's embarrassed more in his ten years been Duke, right?
2: Yeah, we only played them once. Was well,
1: I thought needed? That was once was. Like, like little, like, all it took to get a little forced once was enough.
2: This would be like Yassir Abdullah coming out and saying, like, Will Levis, I don't see him as much of a challenge. And that's just one game where Will Levis did whatever he wanted to against you. Imagine Levis having done that three years. Imagine Levis being the starter for all three of the last three Kentucky blowouts against Louisville and Yassir Abdullah being like, it's not a challenge not for a us. Challenge. Like we would, ha- if that happened, we would have to criticize you, Sir Abdullah, for making that quote. Well,
1: damn right we would, and rightfully so. I mean, in fact, you cannot be, say that. I'd be more mad at anybody didn't just just laugh at him right there and then there at the podium, man, Scott.
2: Gotta, I mean, there had gotta, been, been, gotta beat these
1: guys. There had to been what's who somebody covered Syracuse. Troy Nunes is
2: that his name? Well, that's a website? It's, you know, Troy <laughs> it's, Nunes it's is an former. Yeah, then, he was I, a former. That was a Syracuse basketball player. Is that, was it wasn't okay. Yeah. I never knew the reference. I, I Brett Axe, get up there. Sean <laughs> Keely, make a play.
1: Yeah, there were some people on that that site I'd had on before in the past. Like one of them had to have been like, dude, like just you heard him snickering in the background because they know what they know what their record versus was. They know they know they hate us. You know, I
2: mean, you also know Garrett Schrader, the poor Syracuse quarterback, is like, damn it, Michael. (laughs) Miguel. I don't want to have to score 50 points in this game. We saw what happened last year when they tried to do Like, Garrett Schrader couldn't throw the ball 20 yards against us last year. They haven't done anything against us.
1: Even when they had, what was the quarterback they had before him that was supposed to be their... their, was their their entire offense. Dungy. Dungy was their entire, like,
2: that was the, the benefit of playing Syracuse late in those years because when you have one quarterback... Who does everything for your entire offense? When it gets to November or late October, that guy's pretty beat up, and poor Eric Dungy barely survived every season he played at Syracuse because I mean, they just they're like Dungy left, Dungy right, Dungy throw. It was I felt bad for the guy. They had no other offense. Partially, in a way, I know how they feel. Now that I mean, leads us that's to a
1: happens to us with Malik sometimes.
2: That leads us to a good talking point because today Malik Cunningham he said you know, players typically, and this is a. I guess an outlier with the Michael Jones, Michael Jones quote, and some of the other quotes that have been thrown around today. For the most part, at Media Days, the players aren't giving the hot takes. Like, if anything, if any notable quote gets tossed out there that is going to generate conversation on sports radio or the local media, it's coming from the coaches. The players, you know, they're schooled in this. They're told what to say, what not to say. You know, you're smart. Don't you know, cast any aspersions. Don't make any bold claims. Just keep it simple. Malik Cunningham did have a notable quote though today. He was asked about the offense being a little bit different this year as opposed to the last couple of years. And he basically came out and said, with the running backs that we have and with the offense that we're going to run this year, don't expect me to run for 1,000 yards this year, which I think is a good thing. It's been great to see Malik put up these gaudy stats, but like you've said a number of times, the gaudy stats don't mean more than the the, the bigger stat, which is 6-7 and seven last year. Yep, winning, win losses. Uh, three wins in the the, the COVID year. The 8-win season was obviously great, but now you would assume Malik wants more in his final season. If we're going to be... First of all, like we also dodged a bullet last year with Malik running that much and not getting hurt for the entire season besides a, a couple of series here and there where he had to come out of games. The Clemson game, though, kind of did... Yeah, I mean, it, it It bit us, but he still came in at the end of the game. But if imagine Malik out for a significant chunk of the season. That team last year doesn't win a game without him. There's no question. This team this year, if you lose Malik for a significant chunk of the season, you're not in great shape. You've got you know evan conley is what he is we've seen him come in in in, you know situations and have some success early on in his career but he's not a guy he's still redshirt sophomore right everybody's redshirt sophomore (laughs) he's not a guy that i I think can lead you to a top tier performance in an acc season if he's asked to do more than he's capable of brock doman is brock doman we love look we love brock we love him i have a shirt we're not sure if he can throw a ball (laughs) We've, we've seen very little of his arm. We've just seen him kind of fumble some some snaps and hand the ball off. And then we have Caleb Johnson, who's presumably going to redshirt this season. I guess you could burn his his redshirt if need be, and hopefully he'll be up to the task. But that's a true freshman getting thrown into the fire. So you are always one misstep away from having your entire season derailed when it comes to Malik Cunningham being a quarterback. And when you have four running backs that all seem capable of being first stringers who could carry the ball, tote the rock 20, 25 times a game, you should rely on them. So... Beat them to death. <laughs> it, was a, it was a quote that I thought turned some heads from people who were like, well, Malik doesn't want to run for 1,000 yards. That's a good thing. We don't want him running nearly as much as he's been running in the past this season, if, especially if we've got these workhorses in the backfield. Tyon Evans for Heisman. That's my take.
1: And we don't want him getting hit either in terms of getting stacked. Exactly. Well, that's I mean, why. Yeah, that's the yeah. whole thing. Did he run for 1,000 last year? Pretty confident he did. You might be right. I mean, I can't remember what his final stats were last He's year. He's less than
2: rushing the last two years. I can tell
1: you that much. I, mean, I just know rushing sometimes for, you, you, because you lose yards in college for sacks. You do, which is dumb. Well, yeah, I agree. So it's it, it can be misleading sometimes. Uh, no, he did not. No, wait a minute. That's the year before. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he did. Just over. Yeah. We haven't got to it yet. Last season? Yeah. 1031. That'll do it. Just over 1,000. 173 carries, which, by the way, was... Too many. Not 18 carries more than our second next guy, Yeah, too which many. was Jalen Mitchell. Too many.
2: Way too many. This also leads me to a conversation. The depth chart came out today. The media guy has been unveiled. Yasir Abdullah on the cover. A little bit of a surprise to see Yasir Abdullah on the cover as opposed to Malik himself. But we got our first glance at the depth chart. And I, I always say take this with a grain of salt because, one— they're not going to name guys who have been added to the roster but didn't participate in spring practice. They're not going to name them starters. Like For instance, Jermaine Lole from Arizona State didn't go through spring practice. Everybody sees him as probably the best or second-best defensive player on this team. He's currently not listed as a starter. I'll be shocked if he doesn't win that nose tackle job. Two, they're also going to kind of play everything close to the vest based on Last season, I think if you were a starter last season, they're going to have you in that spot. And then we're going to see how everything shakes up during fall camp. Malik Cunningham is your starter quarterback for right now, if you're wondering, according to the new depth chart. Evan Conley, your primary backup. Brock Doman, your uh, your third stringer. Running back, I thought was interesting. I, I, I was going to—I was kind of assuming they were going to do, like, all four guys with the four ors, <laughs> And they've got Jalen Mitchell listed first, but then they do go or Trevion Cooley or Jawar Jordan— or Tyon Evans.
1: Mitchell's probably on top, though, for seniority, you would think?
2: That's what I would say. He's gotten the most run out of those guys. That's the only reason why I could see him being on top, but it is very much a toss-up. Like, they're going to play the best guy, and even if they don't, even if you're not first or second string, there's probably a good chance you're going to get carries. Like, you're going to be out in the field at some point. Jawar Jordan, in case you're wondering, also is listed as your primary kick returner, which I think is a good thing. We saw his speed last year. It was one of the more pleasant surprises of the end of last season where there weren't a whole lot of pleasant surprises. Um... Love that he's going to be back there. No other big surprise. The offensive line is is not a shock. Wide receiver, they've got Tyler Hudson listed as the starter of the transfer from Central Arkansas. And then another transfer, D. Wiggins from Miami, is listed as one of the other starting wide receivers. Amari Huggins-Bruce is the third starter. Brayton Smith, who started last season and then got hurt and had some offseason issues, shall we say, is listed as a backup to Huggins-Bruce. Marshawn Ford is the starter at the halfback position. Des Melton is your starter at the tight hey, end half-back? position. You mean the, that's what they call eighth oh, back okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, and then t- the tight end is Des yeah. Melton, who's the starter there. Defensive side of the ball, Ashton Jalade, expected starting over uh, Ramon Perrier, who did get a scholarship this year. Des Tell, as I mentioned before, is listed as the starter over Jermaine Lole. Can't imagine that's going to to continue. yeah, yeah Diaby is your other defensive starter. Linebackers, Yustir Abdullah, Monty Montgomery and then Momo Sinogo, the Ole Miss transfer, your starters there. Not huge surprises. Ben Perry and Marvin Dallas I think will be a really good competition at that, they call it the dog spot, the outside linebacker spot. Ben Perry, huge hype coming out of high school, one of the biggest defensive recruits we've ever landed, uh, versus Marvin Dallas, a guy who's gotten, who's been great on special teams for a long time, got more run last year in the actual defense than he was used to, and I thought performed pretty well. Cornerback, y- you know Keetra Clark is going to hold down one of those spots. Yep. The question is who's going to be next to him. Chandler Jones, who got a decent amount of run last year and got played pretty well at the end of last season, That's is nice. uh, is listed as a starter. Trey Franklin, a guy that, that Keith loves, is right there uh, as his backup. Quincy Riley, another tra- is 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 listed right there as well. You, you got a lot of guys that are going to be vying for that spot. And then at safety, Kendrick Duncan is one starter. Josh Minkins from Ballard is the other starter. Uh, would be surprised if MJ Griffin, the Temple transfer, doesn't wind up at least pushing significantly for that job and probably winning it. We'll see. And we had the little intel. We had the scoop earlier this week about Brock Travelstead is right now ahead of James Turner in terms of place kicking. Depth charts you might expect still has Turner over Travelstead, but we'll see how that holds out. And lastly, let Mark Vassett kick Aussie style. I'm not gonna say it again. Let him do it.
1: Since that's your other request. Other than just beat Syracuse. Beat
2: Syracuse. Let the punter be an Aussie. Let him be. Let <laughs> let Vassett be Vassett. Let, let his sponsors fly. Let let his Aussie fly. You know, you want. Does this team end up
1: just – because we have such a group of running back. You mentioned – I want to go just right back to that real quick. Cause, yeah. Because it's something that sticks out to me. You talk about Malik saying, you know, he's not going, he doesn't want to run the ball. As much, you have over 1,000 yards, which would be nice because he doesn't need 175 carries again this year like he did last year. No, it's too many. And, like, do you think this ends up being running back by committee? Because we we talk about, like, that being something Satterfield does, but the stats don't back that up. I mean, last year outside, and when you look at the running back position, I mean Mitchell carried 155 to Cooley's 86. That's almost a two to one carry. Yeah. I mean, and in the years before that, I mean you can say well you had Javion Hawkins, who you know in in the eight and five that you know in of his first year had almost 100 more ca- 120 more carries than the next running back. Even in the, in the short year he had and he missed games had nearly three to one carries over the next running back. Like and then in the last year obviously without him again you can. Mitchell so, do you think we go by committee, or is this like, let's see who gets hot right off the earliest and, and takes takes the the ball, no pun intended, and run with it?
2: I, I think you're right. I, I think it's I think everybody gets a shot early on in the season, unless, like, Tyon Evans, who I'm, again, very, very high on, unless he it, it becomes apparent in fall camp that, like, this guy is just that much better than everybody. And we've got, if we want to be a great football team this year or a really good football team this year, he's got to carry it 20, 25 times. And, like, we're just going to rely on him. Unless that happens... I think you're going to see like, Mitchell, Evans, and Cooley all get significant carries the first couple of weeks. And then maybe if there's a standout there, they start relying more on that guy. Jordan. It feels unfair, but he's probably the odd man out. They, they use him maybe like a George Stripling deal where he catches balls out of the he backfield. He had
1: 14 carries last year, so you're saying he probably has another season where he ends up with 20 to 25 carries for the season.
2: Probably. I mean, and his carries were only because guys got hurt at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, there's going to have to be an odd man out, especially when you also take into account we have the number one running back in America coming in next season who's probably going to demand a significant oh, he's chunk gonna, of the load. He's going to get the, yeah. Like, I, I can see one of these four guys, like, if Evans blows up this year, he's probably going to go pro, Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. If Cooley doesn't get the carries that he feels like he deserves, he's already, you know, kind of passive aggressively voiced some concern on social media and stuff. I wouldn't be shocked if he transfers to you know back to NC State, goes and plays with his brother, and then you know maybe Jalen Mitchell if he feels like he's getting left behind. he's— he was supposed to be the, the man a couple of years ago. This was his, going to be his job. If he feels like he's gotten passed up, maybe he would transfer out. Jawar Jordan, like somebody's going to feel like they did not get the fair share this season and is going to transfer. Like the numbers are going to work themselves out. I have no doubt about that. But the question is, who is who's it going to be? And you know, running back is a position where guys get banged up too. Like you wouldn't be shocked at all to see whoever gets the the line share of the carries in week one or week two. Maybe gets dinged up and you have to, you know, somebody else has to step up. I
1: think it's Mitchell early, but I, I agree. With you. I mean, because, like, I mean, last year when you look at Mitchell, who had the most carries, but he also, I mean, only he only person he aver- averaged less yards per game, your carry than Mitchell was Maurice Berkeley, and that was by literally 0.1. Yeah. I mean, 4.7 is, I mean, it's great in the NFL. It's not the best in college sometimes, especially for if you're a top tier running back. Yeah. And, I I like Mitchell as as that change-of-pace guy, but I feel like by Florida State, we're looking at a new workhorse at the running back position, whether it be the Tennessee guy or or Cooley.
2: I'm with you. I I don't know if
1: Cooley can handle it physically, and I don't know enough about the Tennessee guy to to say that.
2: Let's take a couple of texts here on the Thornton Sacks line before we we call it a segment. 502-414-1450. We still have DJ Wagner update of the day to get to. Uh, We still got to talk a little bit about Scott Satterfield's comments, even though not overly sexy today. Didn't guarantee it went over Clemson. We'll spoil that.
1: Why, why, why keep, why, why keep it close to the best, Scotty? Just, just, just let, let it all hang out. Be, 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 be the what, what's we call it the Chillville. I mean, I guess the Flyville is another. I saw the shirt that uh, is that the other slogan that we're going with. Flyville's the one. Flyville. It's not well,
2: Chillville. We just did. Well, <laughs> it's chill,
1: not an official. One. Honestly, I think Chillville's better. There's no bias in that or anything. I just think it's a cooler name. Uh, but yeah, I mean, come on, Scott. Be, be, be gangster. I, I, I want Scott to be more like, like Suge Knight out there. Like hanging Dabo out the balcony of a ho- Charlotte man. hotel by his ankles.
2: Texas, I pray to God Mitchell isn't the number one running back. He just doesn't have the speed. No, he's a nice change of he pace. He is what man. he is, though. Like, he's the guy who. Bilal Powell didn't have speed either. Yeah, he did. Not really. I mean, yes, he did. Bilal Powell outrun. What are you talking about? Bilal Powell didn't have the speed. He played in the NFL for, like, 13 years. He outrun everybody from Cincy on that 80-yard touchdown run. Jalen Mitchell can't—I I love him. He's not going to outrun anybody for an 80-yard touchdown.
1: Blaupau was not a speedster. He was He was. He was a power back.
2: I d- c- could not disagree I more. I disagree. He's bigger. blaupau Pow is not a speed back. What are you talking about?
1: I never considered Blaupau a speed back. I don't
2: care what you considered him. The, the <laughs> I to the rational world. Blaupau was absolutely fast.
1: You just love Blaupau. You
2: don't play—well, you don't play in the NFL for 13 years if you're not fast. Not necessarily absurd. Take Texas, uh, but he Mitchell. 13 years. Yeah, he just he just retired this past year. That's good with the neck injury. Yeah, so Mitchell, he's the guy who I think when other backs are going to kind of dance between the line and look for a hole, Mitchell's the guy who's going to get five yards when somebody else is going to get you one. The problem is he's the guy who's not going to be able to get you sixty when you know maybe that Tyon Evans can, maybe George Jordan can. Like he just he's not going to break away from linebackers. He's not going to break away from from defensive backs. He doesn't have that speed. So I'm kind of with, like, like if Malik, like, Jalen Mitchell's the perfect running back to have if you are going to use Malik Cunningham and rush him, like, 20 times a game, right? Like, he's, he can take advantage of good holes. He can take advantage of, you know, third and short. He's probably going to pick up that first down, but he's just not going to be a dynamic player, like, like, and I choose to kind of swing for the fences in this case. Like, if Tyan Evans does present that, if Cooley does present that, if Jordan does prevent that, I prefer those guys. But that said, like Jalen Mitchell, he's he's certainly not a bad back. Like he's a, he's reliable, is what you can say, which is not the worst thing in the world to talk about when you're discussing a college football running back. But I like Jalen Mitchell. I do too. He, I just I don't want to be the number one. I'm kind of with the texter. Oh, he pal played nine years. Well, and nine. He, and
1: his forty-yard dash is four five two.
2: That's still fast.
1: That's not fast NFL standards. Oh, come
2: on. I mean, it was that from the combine? Yeah. Blop
1: house fast. <laughs> I'm not, he's faster than me, but I'm not, that's not saying a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah. He's fat, well, he's faster than all of us. Well,
1: I mean <laughs>
2: Texas says instead of poaching schools from the Pac-12, why doesn't the ACC try to go after Big 12 schools like West Virginia, Baylor, and Oklahoma State?
1: Because Big Twelve isn't given up yet. They're
2: fighting still. They are, and also I don't think we can get them. Like I don't think those schools are going to leave the. Big I mean, 12.
1: Western's one week. I mean, not Western, uh, yeah, West Virginia maybe because they probably won out of that conference anyway. I feel, but
2: but here's the problem with trying. to— But that's
1: the only team you'd be able to get. I mean,
2: no, you, I don't think you can though. Like the problem with the the grant of rights thing. Like the best thing about the grant of rights is also the worst thing about the grant of rights. If you're trying to get West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma State schools that would presumably have a shot at going to a bigger conference if there's another helping of realignment they don't want to be locked into a deal where they've got to stick around for a decade and a half in the acc and where they would have to pay a hundred million dollars if everything falls apart you're you're asking them to join a prison like it was great for the schools that you had because it created security but it also kind of i think hinders your ability to go out and attract sexy options to bring into the conference now if you're if you're talking about schools that are just looking for any port in the storm, like a, a Washington State or a Cal, if the Pac-12, the, the Pac-10 now does kind of fall apart, then they may be more willing. to Like they'd probably prefer to have a home that they could say we're going to be here for at least 16 years or, or at least 14 years. Like, but West Virginia, Oklahoma State, like you know, they may have like like the SEC could come calling. Let's say the SEC and the Big Ten want to go to 24 teams. Uh, they may not want to be stuck around in the ACC. I mean, they,
1: they need a Baylor and Oklahoma State, I've said before, the two that, o- that the Big 12 have to hang on to for dear life.
2: For sure. I agree. That, with that's
1: you. their two cornerstone teams right now.
2: That and you great. also need at least one school. You need a footprint in Texas, too, besides Baylor, well, I think. Well, yeah, but I mean, you should be able to do that because you, you still have
1: Texas. You have you have TCU, you have Tech. You if have, you,
2: I think you have to keep one of those two schools, too.
1: I mean, you could always go after SMU if you needed to. I mean, True. SMU, by the way, thinks they can join the
2: ACC. Do you see that story? We didn't really talk about it. They're I like,
1: mean, that's. Not a the worst thing to do if you're the ACC if you're trying to get into Texas. I mean, I would go after Tech. because I don't know if the ACC is going to get another Texas school. I I, I think the Tex, probably not. Texas and A and M are probably it for them, which means the Big Ten. If the Big Ten's going if to the, if the Big Ten's going if the Big Twelve's going under, which I think inevitably it will, then the Big Ten needs to get at into Texas, and they're going to get Baylor, and they'll probably get one other school, which. Would be Tech or TCU? Probably Tech. I would assume. That means ACC. If they need to get into the big the the, the Texas, then they're going to look at TCU or SMU. Is there really a big difference between those two? I think is more. I mean TCU maybe because they're in the Big Twelve now, but SMU's. I mean it's in Dallas. I mean it's not like it's. I mean have they not been as competitive as TCU? Other than I mean, TCU is about to go through a change without Gary Patterson.
2: Yeah, I mean, TCU's been much better in football. They've also now – they're starting to get good in basketball. Like, they're going to have a really good basketball team this year. I know basketball doesn't drive the ship.
1: Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, that has, that means nothing. But the ACC convers- does. I mean, I guess. But, I mean, it really means nothing in the conversation to a degree. Yeah, I, I think it does for the ACC. I wish it did, but
2: i just, you know, being honest. I, I think it does for the <laughs> ACC. I think they're the one conference that's still – like. They, it's it's not going to be the entire thing. It's not going to be the primary thing, but it's still a thing. Like they're going to look at your basketball program, and SMU's been they've been fine when they've been cheating, but they've been not great since they stopped cheating. Maybe get that cash flowing again. Maybe NIL can help out SMU. They got you know George W. Bush goes to their games. Get that George W. Bush money flowing. Get that Tony Romo money flowing. Texas says Trevor Virginia is faster than you. She's pretty fast. The state. I think my daughter. Texas says. I actually just looked up the combine
1: numbers from that draft too, just out of curiosity.
2: Texas says Frank Gore ran a four five eight, and he played for seven hundred years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I know the old Jerry Rice. Well, he ran like a he was slow in the forties, and but it's, was that a thing? It's game speed, yeah, you know, yada yada yada. Pad
2: speed. <laughs> Did you ever play football growing up? uh i just no not a lot i was gonna ask like the first time that you had like run in pads i remember it was an eye-opening experience for me i'm like yep yeah, this is, this is way different because we ran like 40 yard dashes like very beginning of my first year of tackle football and we ran it with just like helmets on like the first week of practice and then we did it in full pads And it was the first time like i sprinted in full pads on and i was like yeah this is this, this, <laughs> this is different than just running normally it's very uh, very different Texas says, UFL should be talking with the Big 12 in case eight others leave, the ACC dissolving the ACC, and we're not one of them. Yeah, I mean, they should be. I'm I sure they would.
1: And running that year that's,
2: I mean, that's not terrible. No. How many running backs were there?
1: Uh,
2: I mean, he was right behind. How many were there? Total? Oh, I don't know. I, I More don't, than
1: 28? I, no,
2: well, probably. Yeah, so he was faster than like the average running back that was fast enough to be invited to the NFL combine. He was behind three quarterbacks. Including Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's dual threat. He was. Kentucky had a running
1: back that was near the top of the list. Who? Derek Locke. Oh, yeah. Forgot about him. Yeah. He ran a 4 3. 7.
2: Texas, I bet Bilal Powell could pull vault. Texas, <laughs> 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 Frank Gore's father yeah. time. Yeah. Frank rubber and East Gore. I mean, just I mean,
1: Frank, Frank Gore is going to end up playing with his son. Probably. Somehow yeah. he's going to like come back because t- technically he is retired now. I think that's right. Yeah,
2: there's a running a linebacker
1: that ran a faster forty. That was just one though. From kid out of Illinois,
2: Texas says. Oh, and Von Miller. Seriously, I don't think these geographic footprints matter like Trevor is saying. That was many years ago. These games are all nationally broadcast. Brand value is more important. Uh, that's what we've been talking about. I think last time it was all about the it was all it was a land grab. This time it's a brand grab. Is what everybody's saying.
1: Yeah, but I think there's still you still want markets. You still because you because just by putting. By getting a team for example, let's say you going out west and say the Northwest so you're getting Washington or Oregon you're still going you're going to get people up there probably more likely to watch a game in in their conference in the ACC Louisville and Virginia because they're in the same conference as Oregon than you would if Oregon wasn't in that conference.
2: Well Oregon yeah let's say I'm just speaking
1: in general the Pacific north like California if you if you bring in Stanford and Cal like someone out in that area is going to watch Stanford and Cal play, but they may be more enticed to watch, you know, Boston College and Syracuse because they're ACC opponents now, opposed to if they were just in the Pac-12. I think it's a very small number. It might be, but I still think it. I still don't think it matters.
2: Seriously, I love Trevor, but I feel like he's not getting that. The only reason you add teams is if the value goes up enough to where everyone's slice of the pie is also bigger.
1: Yeah, but those schools that we, we've mentioned that you can bring in do bring revenue. I mean, Cal is maybe not the best team right now. But I think only cool. Stanford is probably the only one. And their home academy not, sucks. Uh, uh, well, I mean,
2: I, I don't know how much we have to do after Arizona, Arizona State. Well, they're not going to come here, I don't think. Like that, we're talking if the, they're big the hypothetical was if the Big Twelve adds those four schools, you were saying the AC needs to act and they got to move. And I was saying I think they're they're stronger if they just stand pat. at, at their current, I think anything that they Colorado, add,
1: but did you say Colorado was part of? Colorado's the, part of the four. Okay, Colorado, Utah, yeah.
2: and the two Arizona schools are okay. the ones that the Big Twelve is allegedly going to go after.
1: I, so I, that would just leave Cal, Stanford, Washington
2: State. Who are we forget forgetting? Anybody? Washington and Oregon are still out there, but they. I think are probably off the table for. Yeah, I'm not going to even assume. And them. then you got yeah. Oregon State, Ugh, barf. I mean,
1: Oregon State brings nothing. Washington State brings nothing.
2: Washington State brings nothing. Washington State's the lowest of the low. Like they're they're the Oregon I, State's not far behind. They're right. not, but at least they've done. You know, again, like SMU, when they were cheating, they've had some history. Washington State has Tony <laughs> Bennett and nothing else to hang their hat on. Well, I mean, they've had more. Ryan fun. Leaf.
1: They've had yeah, they drew Bledsoe, too. I mean, they've had some football success. That's true. They they had they had a nice run in the in the mid late 80s with my. The guy that went to the strip club before he got the job at Alabama, Mike Price. Do <laughs> you know, remember him? Yeah, of course. And then uh, I can't remember. He was Ryan Lee's coach. And then, you know, before that, they had a co- I forget who the coach was. It was good.
2: Speaking of the everyone's slice of oh. the pie being bigger, one of the things that Jim Phillips talked about today that we uh, did not mention is we're going to end up doing this. Uh, there's going to be a, a different revenue-sharing plan moving forward. He made that pretty apparent. Like, it's going to be a I, – I thought um, Mark Blankenbaker put it well. Like, the you get to eat what you catch. Eat what you catch. Every school, like if you win a conference championship, if you win an NCAA championship, it, that money is no longer split between everybody in the conference. Like you're going to get a larger share of the money that the the conference makes, and it's something that schools like Clemson have been pushing for for a long time for obvious reasons. Why should our national championship get us the same amount of revenue as it gets Boston College when they go two and ten, and we're the ones doing all the heavy lifting? And basketball is the same thing, you know when these schools advance, you get a different, I can't remember exactly what the word is, you get a different amount of money for every game you win in the tournament, basically. And that money in the ACC's current revenue sharing system is split evenly amongst all 15 members. That's probably going to change. I'm not as opposed to it as some people seem to be that are are fans of the ACC, just because I think if it's something that can hold the conference together for a little bit longer, I'm in favor of staying in the ACC. I think it's in our best interest to make this conference as strong as it could possibly be. I'm fine with us staying at 14 slash 15 teams in every sport besides football. And if this is going to make that happen, I'm good with that. Just get better at sports. <laughs> like, like, I mean, let like, win more football I games. I
1: like think if you do that, that's just basically saying you're you're you're, you're aiming to add schools, though, because you don't need to do that to keep a school. We've already established that the the well, of refusal or whatever the hell it's called grant of
2: rights but jim phillips did not i mean he said that but then he also said like your guess is as good as mine if it's going to hold long term and the schools that you're talking about wanting to keep are the ones who would benefit from this revenue sharing s- system where the lion eats more than the antelope right i mean
1: that's something if you do that that's something you could use to entice going after maybe in oregon or washington i mean that that's something you use as a selling point maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't think you should have to. need. I mean, again, again, you're right. I mean, he's blowing smoke up our rear end by telling us that this grant of rights is keeping everyone here no matter what. So Sure. I mean, because if that's true, then you don't need to do this kind of rule change to make somebody like Clemson happy. Because, first of all, I am more of the equal share guy. I mean, if you're going to be in a conference, if you don't want to share, then go be an independent like Notre Dame at BYU or whatever.
2: She'll come around she's gonna come around around. sometime uh according to by the way according to Bill Connolly's stats, you mentioned the you know the sack numbers they take they take rushing yards away from quarterbacks at the college level if you look at Bill Connolly's numbers he charts this out if you take sack numbers away from uh, Malik Cunningham's rushing totals last year he rushed for 1,142 yards so about he lost about 110 yards on sack yardage last season, so still... That sounds low, doesn't it? I, I kind of was expecting it to be more, to yeah, be honest. I guess, so you know, the offensive line was good last year. That's why we're, hey, UK fans, it's why we have the number 12 offensive line in the country, and you guys are stuck down there at 50. I, remember,
1: I remember hearing an interview with Peyton Manning talked about how like his career college numbers rushing was like negative, like 82. And like he, he, But he was positive in the pros because he'd always start. For yeah. So he, but he only had, I mean, he had like 82 yards rushing in the pros. It reminds but me of – The fact he had negative rushing yards in his career, was, I mean, I'm sure he's not the only one as well. But it's
2: just, I found the the image because somebody brought it up a few weeks ago, the image that like some joker on ESPN in the middle of a game had. He's like, my top five dual threat quarterbacks for this season in college football. And it was like Johnny Manziel and, and all these other guys, and it had their stats from last year's, and it was like – Two thousand uh, passing yards, like one thousand one hundred fifty-seven rushing yards, and they had he had Teddy Bridgewater on there, like just total racial stereotyping, racial stereotyping. It had his passing numbers and his rushing yards was forty-seven yards and like one touchdown, <laughs> yeah. and it was next to Johnny Manziel and these other guys that had like hundred, like one thousand re- yards. I remember rushing. that. And it I just was remember so laughing. good. I'd be
1: like, I mean, come
2: on, like, dude. like why, why is he a dual threat? Huh? You, oh, yeah, Follow-up question.
1: A, you know what's amazing about that is that doesn't oh. stop with him. Something that's always baffled me is when I play Madden, and for some reason Teddy Bridgewater's got like get eighty-three speed, <laughs> like eighty-four accelerates. I'm like, there in no world is te- Like I will, I will, I will, con- I will concede to Blau Pal as Barry Sanders on the forty-yard dash before I concede to Teddy Bridgewater as any dual threat at all. Blau Sanders, was Barry pal. <laughs> I mean Blau Sanders. Blau Sanders. Sanders. Blau Sanders is his name now.
2: That's his name. I mean that's just. I mean seriously. It's good to break. When we come back, uh, we'll take more of your text. You guys have thoughts on this. Uh, we will also oh, get in.
1: By with Peyton Manning, negative 181 yards career rushing in college. i
2: surprised it wasn't more.
1: 153 attempts for negative a negative 181. I'm surprised and, it wasn't worse. And 12
2: touchdowns.
1: How do you have negative 181 yards and 12 touchdowns?
2: It's good to break. When we come back, we'll take your text on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 and one, The Big X.
0: Another pleasant valley Sunday. Sunday. Chocolate. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die Maybe it's time to let the old ways die it Takes a lot to change, man Hell, it takes a lot to try Maybe it's time I'm to let, let the old ways die
1: I don't... This, this is just a good song, right? Nobody knows
0: what ways
1: for the dead I mean... Those the soundtracks, the, great. I, I I agree. No but I this song, I don't know. Like I, this song had just been just by any random person, and I would have Some probably been into this. Folks just song. believe in the things they heard and the things, the things they read. Right out of Nobody
2: knows what awaits for the day. Did you? Is this on this?
1: Because you watched the movie again recently. No, the, today has just been a random, <laughs> random day. TK Faves. TK Faves. The Wednesday Wildcard Wednesday. Wildcard Wednesday. TK uh, Faves uh, Wednesday. Wacky, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I just watched the movie the other day, you know, last week again, like I hadn't seen it before. I think I've asked you say, have you ever watched any of the originals?
2: The first one.
1: Yeah. Like the, the old, old. Oh, one. the, the
2: first, the very fir- the first one's not even musician. It's a movie right. star. The original yeah. one I'd seen before I, I'd seen the one from a couple years ago with Bradley Cooper.
1: The fir- I can't remember who's in the first one. Cause the second one is Judy Garland. I haven't seen that one. And the third one is Barbara Streisand. I have not seen that one either. I've seen the Barbara Streisand Chris Christopherson one, and I've seen bits and pieces of Judy Garland. I've not seen the original. I've actually got, I think the 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 '70s one with Chris. That's on my DVR still, I believe. There you go. I just DVR'd it one day, and, uh, and just, yeah, I don't. I just never. I watched it, but I just never deleted. it. I think it was because it was the first day I got my new box. So I I leave it on there now just kind of like a reminder that this was the day
2: that I got my new box that I'm using right now. That's nice. That kind of nice little tradition. (laughs) What did you think of now that you've seen it uh, Malik Cunningham's outfit today? I liked it. All red. Yeah, I mean the it's... red suit. I, I like because everybody's he's got uh, Prada shoes on. Everyone's like, is this whole outfit Prada? I Didn't even notice that. I, I I wouldn't have noticed either, but like it got pointed out. People were like my guy's wearing Prada. Everyone's like, is the whole outfit Prada? He's like? No, I picked this up at Men's Warehouse last week, and the shoes are Prada.
1: I was like, well done. Malik. Can you get Prada at Men's Warehouse?
2: No, no, no. the The, the suit was just Men's Warehouse. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the the shoes were Prada. Um, but it's, he looks good. Looks I great. mean, yeah.
1: I guess the first thing that stuck out to me is the the skinny legs pants. Like how they get, it's the like, look now is that is that the look? I mean it's the it's, look,
2: it's a look all right. I mean, not, not my favorite. Look, just look. because we can't pull it off doesn't mean that it's not a
1: look anymore. What are you talking about? Not pulled off. I was pulled, My pants look skinny on my legs. never they weren't. That wasn't by design in my life. Okay, That was just because of size reasons. Uh, I can't. I never. I couldn't see what the tie was though. Was there something significant with the tie? Because it wasn't. It matched all the red. inside of his, his jacket.
2: I don't. A floral pattern. He looks good. Is that can we, is that called the
1: Will Smith, like the the crazy inside of your your blazer jacket? Oh no, that's not. It's been it's a thing that's been happening for a long time. But Will Smith, I mean, but, I mean, Will Smith started doing it in the early nineties. You're talking about before that, yeah. Remember he used to, maybe when he was at the 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 Bell Air turned it inside out. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. I'm not a crazy on the inside jacket color. I want like solid.
2: I mean, you know, you you wear like you worn a suit one day in your life. I have a suit. I know, but like you, you have a suit. Of course, you're not a crazy inside the jacket guy. I'm not
1: crazy inside the jacket guy, but like my 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 shirts, like my my dress shirt that goes with the suit, I have like multiple. I have like a black, a red, teal. A <laughs> like I I look like something like I look like I meet like modern day Miami Vice look going. Like <laughs> I mean, I just <laughs> I can't wait to see it someday. I pulled it out. I mean, you can go look at the old YouTube videos of uh, Sean Zaxby's. I'd wear a different color. Too. I have like a, I have some different ties. I have like Star Wars tie. Yeah.
2: Has some, I don't know, like goopy ties, but, you know. Let's talk real quickly about Scott Satterfield's comments today because it was fine, but... He sounds so enthusiastic. I wanted...
1: <laughs> you had more oomph behind you about the suit.
2: It's the same problem that I had, like, when he did the the interview with WDRB a few weeks ago. Like, I loved the even as somebody who loves Jeff Brom, personally, like I loved his whole, like, Jeff may have to wait. I plan on staying here a long time. Like, we're going to start winning, get this thing turned around. But I didn't like, he seems overly defensive about the last couple of years. And I wish he would just kind of own it. And, and just the, the approach for me, a fan base that wants more, like, like, again, we've had back-to-back losing seasons for the first time since he who shall not be named was doing it in two thousand seven, 2008 and 2009.
1: We don't mention that name.
2: We don't mention that name. And when he lost, when that guy lost back-to-back had losing records in back to back seasons, we kicked his ass out of town and nobody felt bad for him. So when Scott Satterfield talks about the last two seasons, I would prefer, you know, at the end of the day, we just didn't get it done, right? Like we're going to be better. That's our promise. That's not good enough for the standard here. Instead, he gets asked about the second question that he got from the podium today was about looking at your scoring per quarter last year. U of L was only outscored in the fourth quarter, they won the other three. That seems contradictory to being a six and seven team. And this was his response. We were a very competitive football team within our league last year. Great. Everybody we played in a lot of those games came down to the very end. We were on the short side of that maybe three or four times within the league, and that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Fine with that. We had a lot of success throughout the year. I think offensively, we put up some good numbers. Defensively, we were good at times. (sighs) The games that we did not play well in defensively were the ones that we let slip away right there at the end. I would also say the Ole Miss game, and the Kentucky game, where you got just curb stomped like that. That was those also were not great defensive games when they were scoring 52 points on you. <laughs> so basically,
1: you choked away leads sandwiched between two blowouts by the SEC. Yeah, I mean, that's...
2: I just I, I get where he's coming from. I understand that it's frust- it's probably frustrating for him to say, look at our numbers the last two years. We should be better than our win-loss record indicates. We've done enough offensively. We just haven't made the plays. We were one play here, one play there. It has to be frustrating as a head coach who feels like he's receiving undue criticism. At the same time, you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the people that are funding your paycheck, the fan base that keeps your program going. The fan base doesn't care about a misplay here or there. At a certain point, it, it no longer becomes a valid excuse or a valid explainer. It becomes who you are. You are the coach of a team that just can't make the play it needs to to win football games. And the last two years, you were picked to finish f- third or what, fourth in the ACC overall in a 15-team league in the COVID season. You only won two conference games. Last year, we expected a bounce back because that's all we heard. The turnover to the turnovers. That's a it's a weird stat. It's a fluky stat. We're a play away from being a very good football team last year. Now we're going to make those plays. Same exact thing. You go six and seven, you get blown out by your arch rival. You lose to Air Force in a bowl game. In defense, he did. The, the offense was corrected in, in that way. It was the offense was fine, but they also like the offense had plenty of opportunities to put those games away. You know, get one yard against Clemson, get one first down against Virginia. Those are two more wins, and people are much less dissatisfied with an eight and four regular season than they are with a six and six camp. I
1: mean, I, I don't. This is kind of like maybe I wish I had gone. Did he take questions from people? Yeah, because this is where like, we should have gone to Charlotte, maybe. No, my, what
2: i just read was a question
1: because yeah. we might have been like the the only ones that could have like really stayed on i'm like because i would have been like coach what up sass would it be scott would it would it would it be Sats? beat syracuse be, hey yeah two-part question first things first First things first beat syracuse second i just want you to know this isn't personal buddy in fact i i have i've defended you despite my rallying of bring brahm home as you as an offensive coach I've defended you last year. I defended you the year before when we we were been bad at four and seven. But what we're not angry at you, Scott, and for your coaching ability as much as we are at your ability to hang on to a guy who knows absolutely jack nothing about coaching defense and who's been just god awful for three years now and has shown flashes at best when he plays Syracuse. But outside of that, and Duke, I'm sorry, no offense, but outside that has been just nothing but poop in the bed. So that's my question: Is give me tell me why? What has he done to convince you that he should still be the job here? What has he done to convince you that you can convince us
2: that we shouldn't be running him out on a rail? I would have stopped listening to you about forty-five seconds ago. Well, it was a long question.
1: He's gonna he's gonna listen. I'm gonna mute his mic until he until he has a chance. You to You don't answer. have that ability.
2: <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna carry me out. You there. don't have the steady hand <laughs> or to pull off a procedure like that. So hot.
1: I'm sure he's gonna interrupt me at some point, and he sh- I hope he would as long as he answers the question. I don't think it's a hard. I mean, did someone not ask him about Brian Brown? Brian Brown.
2: He, I mean, he brought up Brown himself by saying he thought the defense played well at times last year.
1: Yeah, against Syracuse
2: and Duke. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Can we play them six times next year? I can't because a lot of the times the the hard questions in these situations don't come when he's at the podium because they do sort of filter out a little bit. I will give them ACC media credit. I know we didn't play it here or really talk about it all that much after Jim Phillips' initial statement, but there were some hard questions that were sent to Jim Phillips. Um, Jogi Giglio did a fantastic job being like, "What do you do when the ACC and the while well, the SEC and the Big Ten are lapping you? Like, like how do you, you know, kind of rationalize And the the uh, the woman who's I can't remember her name from um the new writer for the courier journal was is sitting in front of Joe and she makes this face like she's like rolling like she's like like whoa it like makes not knowing that she's on TV and it got captured <laughs> um That's yeah
1: great question though i'd like to know what was his
2: answer i did i didn't hear it i just heard the question because oh. the, the clip went out there because the 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 clip of um oh god i, I feel so bad for forgetting her name um alexis cubit uh, cubit from uh, she's the new courier journal writer it kind of went viral, like her reaction did, but I didn't actually hear his response.
1: I would, yeah, i kind of, I'd like to know what it was, honestly.
2: Yeah, but as far as Satterfield's concerned, he got mostly softballs during his time at the podium. But a lot of times, the hard questions don't come until these breakout sessions where he does you know little one on ones with radio stations or news outlets. And I would hope That's that a great somebody reaction, by
1: the way I just saw that on your Twitter. Yeah, guy. it's fantastic. Yeah. I would okay.
2: hope that somebody would have asked him specifically about Brown and saying, mm-hmm. you know, he came here with a lot of hype. There was a lot of buzz behind his name. It's understandable why you wouldn't have been a great defense in year one, given the way the numbers were in 2018. But year three, it doesn't it it doesn't seem like a gigantic improvement has been made. What I would like to ask, I would just I put a little bit more succinctly than your I don't know five thousand word question there. I would just say like what I don't know how could you instill confidence in the fan base that maybe is lacking confidence in Brian Brown? Like what would you tell a fan base that's worried about the defensive coordinator not showing improvement through the first three years? Right. And yeah, I mean how would he answer that?
1: That's a legit I mean, I'm sure he'd give me a spin answer. Of course. He'd tell me they've been for three days or four. We've shown flashes. We've shown that we we've shown, you know, blimps of, of, of greatness. Again, against teams that you should be shutting out and beating, like Syracuse and Duke. But when it comes to games that matter, they have I mean the games he pointed out in terms of the ones we let quote unquote slip between our fingers or whatever he said, those are all games on the defense. I mean you can you can blame the offense to a degree in the Virginia game, maybe. But I mean the Wake Forest game. I mean, but no, that was the defense. The defense cost the. When you're scoring thirty something points, and you're what zero and three in those games or whatever, one in one in four in games. That's no, that's not good. Right. That's 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 good if you want to be a nothing college football program. But I like to think Louisville is trying to be something better than that. Because if they're if they're not going to, then we might as well just bring Ron Cooper back.
2: Easy. Easy easy big fella
1: and i like and listen i'm trying to be nice to you sad i am because i like you you're recruiting i've been i defended you offensively i will defend and i'll defend this offense but what i can't defend is the fact that you're keeping on a defensive coordinator that just sucks at his job
2: you've made your thoughts known. we get it i'm with you like, like there's no reason <laughs> oh, brian brown's like coming on this show won't well, them no. to cuss me out, he's not. <laughs> Unless we have like the number three defense in America through the first six games, then we'll invite him on. And oh, we, he won't invite. We he'll can show apologize. Up in studio like Brandon Bender,
1: like where's that fat dude Trevor who says I'm sucking my job. The other
2: like the rest of Satterfield's uh, comments. The questions are pretty straightforward. Like man, the, the questions are the questions. Like the improvements at Cardinal Stadium for the fan experience. I was like. Ugh. You know, like I guess you have to. You don't have to. Who asked that question? I don't know. I, I mean, I just. Don't. They should be fined. Um <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Sorry. The he got asked about the new scheduling model. He's in favor of it. He got asked about Lance Taylor. And I saw there was some debate on on Twitter back. There was a little bit of back and forth as far as like. Lance Taylor's calling the plays this year. Satterfield seemed to imply that. Satterfield's calling the plays this year. like In no uncertain terms, he said it. I think UofL has said it. Scott Satterfield will still be calling the plays this year. Lance Taylor's been brought on as co-offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Satt's not going to stop calling the plays, which is, I'm fine with that. Like, I know that we had, I, I certainly did have some issue with the play calling getting a little bit predictable at times last year, but by and large, the offense has not been the problem. The offense has been good since he got here.
1: Yes, I agree. Even, even, even in 2020, a year in 4-7, I thought... Offense was fine. I thought the play... I was, I was content with the play calling. I thought the execution was... I mean, we threw the stat out there yeah.
2: yesterday. We're the only program in America that has averaged 6.5 yards per play on offense the last two years and somehow has still had a losing overall record I mean, in, in I, those two I, seasons. I think
1: last year you saw the execution was better
2: by, again, Malik, more than anything, and you saw that's why the offense improved. We've got... Uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and throw it to break because it's a logical stopping point. We have a juicy... Juicy Malik Cunningham quote to talk about. He's taking Ooh. shots at Clemson. We got to talk about this. Thank
1: you. Finally. Somebody, Somebody is. Does.
2: Somebody's doing it. We're going to talk about Malik Cunningham making Clemson fans very, very mad, which is not hard to do, but he did it effectively today. We also have our DJ Wagner update of the day, which is not a, it's not a nothing update. Like It's not one of these DJ Wagner updates we just do because we do it every day. This is a <laughs> This is good news for Louisville. On the DJ Wagner front, which is, we haven't had that in an update soon. Good news. I will do good that. Good news. We'll, DJ Wagner. We'll take, <laughs> we'll take your text at 502-414-1450. I will do all of that in hour number three. Before we throw it to break, though, reminding you about our friends over at AirServe, the EMTs for your HVAC, the home team. You know You love AirServe. You love AirServe. You love them because they're here to fix your uh, air conditioning problems, your heating problems, 24-7. If something happens at 4 a.m. and you, all of a sudden you have a red-hot home, which is, would be the case tonight, my God. Uh, it's going to get up to 105 degrees today. It's it tur- 120 in my car. 120 in your car. I think it's going to be like 98. It's going to feel like it's 105 today. If you have small children or you just don't want to be uncomfortable and it gets very hot in your house because your A.C. breaks, hit up AirServe at any time of the day and they'll be out to fix your uh, to fix your problems. Make sure you're satisfied. AirServe.com slash Louisville is the website. Website A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V dot slash Louisville. EMT's your HVAC. We love our air surf friends. We we'll right back. Our number three is on the way. It's gonna get spicy. Here on 1450 and 961, the big X. Well, I've seen Hill Reno and this world's one big old Catherine
0: we spinning still. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. It's hard to.
2: Welcome in hour number three of the Mike Rutherford show, the Wednesday edition. I like I texted her right before the break. There, said I just. Re- see, yeah. This, this is actually perfect that you just did that. I texted her right red. before the break. Said I just realized the only time that Mike doesn't let Trevor interrupt him is when Mike is singing. Delay the commercial break by a full minute, sure. Interrupt the verse, no way. I think it's more the only time that Trevor doesn't interrupt me is what I'm singing. It's the only time that you like let me like. Will you like want to hear me keep going? Is what I'm singing.
1: That's true. It's, it's 100% but, but you're true. you're not singing Bush.
2: I wasn't singing Bush. You're not a Bush, Bush fan, are you? I like that song. It reminds me of NHL okay. 2003. Does it? Yeah. I thought Bush and concert. You just got games. me to say I like Bush. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he just said. Well done. Congrats. Mission accomplished at 504. <laughs> well done. Uh, 502 414 is the Thornton Sex Line. We'll take some more text here in a bit. But we've got – it's going to be a fun hour because we've got a couple of quotes that – a couple of items that I think are going to excite and energize the Louisville fan base here. We mentioned the the Mikel Jones, Michael Jones, whatever his name is from Syracuse, referring to Malik Cunningham as not a challenge. That got everybody fired up. Now we're all posting the stats, and even UK fans are now jumping in because like, I was like, I had to put it out there. I'm like, this guy says that Malik Cunningham is not a challenge. Malik has had 13 total touchdowns in three games. We outscored them 127 to 27 in those games, and now all these UK fans are like, well, what about U.K. outscoring Louisville 153-44? to I mean, if
1: DeAndre week? Square came out and said it, I'd be like, yeah.
2: That's what, we, that's what I just said. I was like, <laughs> yeah. if Yasir Abdullah comes out and like, Will Levis is not a challenge, U.K. is not a challenge, then yeah, we'll criticize. It's a dumb thing to say when they've beaten your ass the last three years, but that's not happening. I'm not just going to randomly throw out numbers if they don't need to be thrown out. This is in reference to a direct quote <laughs> being made by a Syracuse player. But we have a quote from Malik Cunningham now that has done what the, what the Mikel Jones quote did for us this Malik Cunningham quote has done for the Clemson fan base today so Malik was asked and we were, we were talking about the game in the last hour L, famously at least around here 0-7 against Clemson but has been very close to winning four of those games each time like a play away
1: it's not like we talk about Wagner and Trinity
2: well I'm, I mean it's it's a literal thing we've been a play away from winning four of those games James Quick Gets caught from behind year one. James Quick runs out of bounds James year three. Year two. <laughs> we had a, a Hail Mary throw in the end zone to potentially win the game in year two. And then last year, we've got four downs to score from basically the goal line, and we don't punch it in. So Malik Cunningham was asked about that game, and he said, quote, we had no timeouts, so we had to signal. He also said, I think about this loss, it haunts me every single day. But he said, we had no timeouts, so we had to signal. And if you know, Clemson steel signals. When we see them again— Really? When we see them again, it's going to be a different outcome.
1: So, I mean, they don't they – don't, not only do they put fingers in bums and huddles. Steal signals. They still – I mean, that's just – I mean, he's basically calling them cheaters.
2: Kind of. I mean, no, he but is. But that's not really I mean, cheating. Like, you still like, – like, stealing signals is part of football.
1: That's – yeah,
2: I mean – Trust me. Like, okay, Louisville is, is, we, like part of the things that you do I mean, when, when the, you are a student assistant, like, you try to – one of your details, you is, like to describe, trying to find you try signals. To everybody that,
1: does that four that four picture board that everyone uses.
2: Exactly. Well, like nowadays it's a little bit different. Back in the day, when I had friends who were were you know student assistants, as a, as it is now with the, everybody having the different pictures and stuff. But you try, you do try to steal signals. It's like trying to steal signals in baseball. I mean, I you don't remember. cheat to. Like, it, it's a weird. It's why the whole Wakey Leaks thing always bothered me. That look, Louisville got painted as this arch villain. If somebody's giving you their plays. Of course, you're going to take them. Like everybody. And we weren't the only school that took him. Multiple I mean, other schools did.
1: I mean, I'm not sure he's the first. I doubt he's the first, but he's the first I remember when Andy Reid came to the Eagles in '98 and he would cover up his mouth before he called every play. Yeah. I mean, was, baseball he, pitchers always do that thing when they to talk to catchers. List. Yeah. He wanted to read, he wanted to read in his lips, <laughs> which, by the way, baseball, I want to get into the last night's offseason a little bit too. but we can't, we squeeze that in did here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you if you watched it. But I don't want to derail. I saw every run that was scored. I want. I don't want to derail real quick. I want to stay on the league first. Yeah, this is a good. Topic. This, this is a juicy story. I. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get. It. Everyone tries to do it, but I mean, still, it's. It still looked as somewhat. I don't want to say unethical to do it, but. I mean, I guess it depends on what length you go to do it. Like, the, like you said, everyone does it in baseball. You have the Astros. See, but the Astros are villainized for doing it. Trevor, I'm a trying to rail on and
2: You do this thing where you put me in a box where I've got to defend the arch rival a little bit. Because that part of the story does not bother me at all. Like, it... it, it what makes me mad is that we didn't have better signals. We're on the goal line. Like, let's get, let's get, at us? yes, let's get better signals that aren't easily stolen. Like when we're trying to win a I mean, game, you
1: need to steal a signal to know that the play is probably going to be a bootleg to Malik anyway. Well, it wasn't. And that was part of the problem.
2: Oh, well. <laughs> Crappy play calling. So the full quote. Can we just defend Satterfield's play calling last second? I said, that I, no. I said I had issues with some of the play calling, oh, but okay. by and large, the offense has not been the issue. <laughs> One of the problems that I've had with the play calling was that series of plays, which is admittedly easy to do when you have four plays that, and none of them work. It's easy in hindsight to say, well, you call the wrong plays, but I didn't like the week. Plus Malik was banged up. He was. But he was asked about the game. This is how Malik started talking about it. He said, I don't think Clemson was expecting us to come in and hit him in the mouth like we did, but that game haunts me every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that last drive. The game was actually on TV the other day, and I watched it all the way up until that. The last four plays, I don't watch them. It wasn't the best version of Louisville. It wasn't us. We had no timeouts, so we had to signal. And if you know, Clemson steals signals. So it's kind of hard signaling the plays, and they've got 60 coaches looking at the signals. So it was kind of hard. We don't blame it on that. I wouldn't say we lost it because of the signals. No, nah, it was not that. They beat us. It's fair and square. But then he goes on to say, that game, that one, is definitely it's double-circled for sure. When we see them again, it's going to be a different outcome. So I said jokingly yesterday to you... I like
1: that Malik wants to beat him so bad. I do
2: too. Like, I said yesterday to you, I wanted Scott Satterfield to come out and do something totally out of character and guarantee a win over Clemson and be like, you know, Dabo... Dabo... Suck... Suck mine. Like, like, mother... bleed, Like, just cuss out Dabo. Just go nuts. So he does not do that, obviously. But we've got Malik Cunningham. I mean, I'm not saying... That's not really guaranteeing a victory, but it's heavily implying that you're going to beat Clemson this year. Like, saying it's a different outcome... Is like pretty black and white when you've lost that team every single year that you've been here, and when your program has literally never beaten that program. Having said that, I like it. Yeah, I'm good with it, and I'm especially good with it because Clemson fans are like absolutely just crapping their diapers all over the place right
1: now. Why? Because they, they like they unlike you they
2: they they find it offensive to say they're still in signals. I think it's more. I think that's probably a little bit of that, but it's more about the him saying things are going to be different this time.
1: I mean, we've been saying that for seven years, though, but I mean... He...
2: <laughs> I mean, here's some of the responses. Kind of weird to dig your own grave in July. I actually that's, agree that's, with him. the worst one, but... I yeah. actually agree with him that it will be a different result. Clemson will blow them out this time, so their inability to gain two yards on four plays will be irrelevant. <laughs> it's not that bad. Clemson... You know,
1: Cle- Clemson, I, they, Clep, what are you doing, Clemson? Usually you're just... You're a lot dumber than this. Those weren't the worst ones I've heard. I
2: Clemson doesn't steal signals. All right, here we go. BV knew what they were going to do. Those Louisville grapes are sour. Okay, that's you probably steal signals. Get over it. In other news, Louisville lost to Clemson again. <laughs> He'll be haunted after this year too. These aren't the worst Clemson ones though. This is as good as Clemson gets.
1: This is like this. This is like a a plus Clemson trash talk.
2: Bookmarked. I love this guy's gonna bookmark Market. this. Like, what? So you can tweet at Malik if you beat him again in are you, November. Are you pinning this tweet on the top of your Twitter? Yeah. Are you playing small at Small Helmets with three L's? Don't think so. What does What does that mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? Just
1: playing with Small Helmets.
2: No, I said, are you playing? I meant like, are you playing in the game? His Twitter name is at Small Helmets. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Malik's this.
1: What, Trevor, good lord! No, the the person who made that comment about it being bookmarked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, small helmets. I don't get this. Good enough. God.
2: Um, <laughs> why is, why is Maliko small helmets? This always gets me. If the assumption is true that Clemson steals signals and you know that up front, the then why not change your approach when it comes to calling plays? Actually, I kind of agree
1: with that one. I mean, they could just figure out your pattern.
2: It's called being a better coach team. <laughs> you can't steal signals. Do you actually put quotes on Yes. Your coaches and teammates are just too simple-minded. There it is. You guys are just dumb. I'm surprised God hasn't been brought up by anybody. <laughs> Where's dad and all this? The ultimate stealer of signals, Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, did Jesus steal signals?
2: For Clemson. Oh. <laughs>
1: what. <laughs>
2: I hate these guys. I, I I can't stand them. I want to beat them so badly. I want to beat them worse than I want to beat Kentucky. I'll say it. Ooh, I, I, do. That. I, do. No, I do. I do. I do. I do. It's better for I us. I want
1: to beat Clemson too, don't get me it's wrong. It's a personal
2: thing. It's better for us as a program. I would pick the Kentucky win because more Louisville fans, I think, care about the rivalry. And I certainly care about the rivalry a lot too. But I can't stand these guys. I cannot I cannot deal with Clemson anymore.
1: I get I mean, I get where you, where your defense is because you also deal with them on social media where I don't. Like, they don't come at me, and if they did, I would just ignore them anyway because I just don't take anything tells it doesn't bother me in terms of attacks and stuff like that. I mean, just do what you want to do, whatever. But, like, I, I, I can't put it above Kentucky because I do have to deal with Kentucky people. I can't avoid them. I live here, and I want to be able to talk to Not to mention, I mean, I you have no idea this – I mean, it'll be the closest thing to sex to me—the satisfaction of grabbing little Howard from that studio and bringing. I don't over need here. guarantees
2: from you right now. I mean, I don't. I, after last year, you don't get to make guarantees. I'm just saying. You would, don't get to talk in absolutes. I'm you don't just, get to do the Malik Cunningham
1: thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm just telling. I mean, I'm. I may have to like sit down from excitement below the waist if we win that game and I get to bring little Howard over here. Oh, I will too. I've mean, I, I no. I mean, like PETA might get mad at me the things that are going to happen to me while I'm bringing carrying little Howard. It's just a stuffed horse.
2: I may have just gotten worked up. Like, now, like, let me calm down a little bit and then answer that question realist. Clemson or UK? Uh, I don't know. I'm still going UK. I'm always going to go UK. I might actually think about UK. Now, Clemson's second.
1: Yeah, they had to be second. I can't think of anybody else that irritates me as much as wanting to be Clemson. But that's also because we are zero seven versus Clemson. I just want to. That's that. my thing
2: too. It's like just getting off, like just getting a win at this point because that that's that stat. And I know being one and seven isn't exactly something to hang your hat on. But zero seven to
1: Clemson it's is, is the same annoyance to me as just being zero one into the to UK.
2: Three in a row against U.K. Is, is annoying. And I don't think they've ever beaten us four in a row in the modern rivalry. I yeah, know, they,
1: I think they didn't, I believe.
2: I know we've beaten them no, multiple times four in a row. Brooks,
1: Brooks did the four in a row because he beat Crackthorpe all three and then he beat Strong One, didn't he? You're correct. That's that's right.
2: That's Cause, their only four. Because we went four in a row, then they went four in a row. I think we won five before they went on this current winning they, streak.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have one streak other than this one. that's the Rich Brooks four.
2: That's right. Outside that they never won more than like 2 in a row, I don't think. That's right. Cuz for a while there we were the only program that had beaten the other one more than twice in a row. We yeah, cuz from four. like
1: 98 to So yeah, we had 5 in Rich a row. Brooks, we dominated, yeah.
2: So yeah, we went cuz we went we went 4 in a row, then they went 4 in a row, then we went 5 in a row, then they had the the game that we don't talk about in 2016, and then we won again. Wasn't a fumble, he was down. And then mm-hmm. now they've won 3 in a row. So I don't want them to yeah. We we need to win one of these next two to make sure that they don't get to 5 cuz that's that's our number. Yeah, suck at UK. Um, but but really, suck at Clemson. <laughs> suck at both of you. I mean,
1: yeah, they can both suck it. That's why <laughs> Clemson's going to the SEC.
2: I mean, the I'm just looking at more and more of these quotes. They're just these people are, they're unhinged.
1: And I don't hate. I don't third on my list of like teams I despise. I I just enjoy. Being
2: Who would you like go three on the on the schedule the this State. year? I just don't <sighs> like losing the Florida State. I've got Wake this year. I got something for Wake. Wake annoys me too. That's, that's the holy trinity of annoyance. And I'll be honest.
1: In Wake is right there. Wake is kind of tied with a team that the ACC has forced down our throat to be a rival. Virginia. Of, and it's kind of working now a little bit, and that's Virginia.
2: Wake, after last year, though, the, the clock operator thing, Dave Clausen being like the embodiment of ACC annoyance, you that fan base. Dave I do hate Dave Clausen.
1: Like, I don't know who hates somebody more, you, Dave Clausen, or me, Brian Brown. Yeah, but you like
2: <laughs> Yeah, but you would like Brian Brown if you thought he was better at his job. It's not a personal thing. That's I don't true. like Dave because right. I, I think he's a just kind of a turd.
1: Personally and Brian Brown's I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's a great I mean, guy. I'm, I'll go out and buy lunch. I'll buy him lunch. Yeah. Hopefully
2: in another town where he's going to work at. Um all right, let's take some text here, and then we have, we'll have the DJ Wagner update of the day coming up. And we are live on the text this. today. Just, oh, no, coming. we're not. We just haven't been reading them. You're just behind on them.
1: There was I came on the text line last night after the show, and there was like six texts you didn't even
2: look I, at. We have a lot. We get a lot. We have 29 unread texts currently at the moment. Well,
1: let's we got here
2: five sixteen. Get it moving. Come on. Texture says bleep dabo. Clemson has done as a program. Agreed. Well put. The era of dominance is over. That needs to be read. Also, definitely. I don't know if we've, we we ha- I want to talk more about this, but we haven't mentioned that uh, little. Uh, Uyungalile, maybe leaning card. Five star edge. DJ's little brother. Yeah. Coming for a visit with Pierce Clarkson and friends. What's his later first name? this month? Uh Mateo. Oh, I
1: was like maybe PJ, maybe or something.
2: <laughs> it, it makes sense. <laughs> we,
1: well DJ's probably a DJ's things were junior, right?
2: Uh I don't know. I don't either. David John.
1: Oh, so it's not even a junior. Okay, so he could have been a he could be a PJ like a Paul John.
2: Yeah, Mateo Uiungalai, five star edge from St. John Bosco. Uh, he's the ranked as the 25th over. He, I take it back. He's the number eight overall player in the class of 2023, according to 24/7 Sports. Of course, you'll
1: sign with us, and on 3 we'll drop him like the 50th. God. We don't talk about on three.
2: This is 24-7 sports. That's
1: why it's on three. We know we even talk about on three. They're, they're, KSR is just running the whole thing. They're like, we got they're, Nick Roush
2: <laughs> dictating recruiting rankings over there.
1: On three and like recruiting is like what ACC is in conferences.
2: You know what's it's interesting?
1: third tier by far and by a mile.
2: What's interesting about Uwe Anglele because his dad, you know, his dad made the glowing endorsement about Louisville and saying mm-hmm. they're doing things right and kind of implying that he's not thrilled with Clemson. Like when people talk about his list of schools, I don't know if he's put out an official list, the, the younger Uwe Anglele. Clemson's like, Apparently not going to get him. Like he's not. They're not near his top. Like he says. Everybody says Ohio State, Oregon, USC, and Alabama, and Clemson is like not in the running. So again,
1: USC could be dangerous. They worry me because if they. But the bigger re- point, Dallas done. I know. Oh yeah.
2: They're going to be good. They're just you know the, the era of dominance is over.
1: Like we're going to see Lincoln Riley see what he's made up He he has a eleven twelve. If he has a blowout year with USC this year, it's going to be very interesting.
2: Is, we're just getting a whole lot of bleep clumps and stuff, which I agree with. Does like, it actually say bleep? or do they No, use no, words? It's, it's words that I can't use. Okay. Well, like I'm, just,
1: for, I'm just curious if someone actually bothers texting in the bleep or like.
2: Like the most recent text we got was bleep UK, bleep Dabo, and bleep Stoops. He looks like a pig. <laughs> does kind
1: of. <laughs> he does look a little, little, little swinish.
2: Text says, Malik saying that makes me worry about his leadership abilities. It's a dumb thing to say unless he beats them. I don't think it's a dog. No. If he I mean, was like a straight outright, like, we're going to beat those dudes, and I guarantee it, like I'd be like, okay, maybe tone it down a little bit. But you know, he's just saying – It funny, though. I'd be okay with it. It's He's just saying it's going to be fine. I mean, I get why he's so upset about that game. They should have won that game last yeah. year. They were in control the entire night. We all knew it was going to slip away Like If he doesn't get hurt, they win that game. If they make one good play call on the two-yard line, they win that game. If that defense doesn't have one just – Classic Brian Brown fourth quarter brain fart. They win that game, um, and that's been the tale of half over half of the games we have played against Clemson since we joined this damn conference. Clemson, they live a charmed life. It drives me crazy. I'm willing to admit it. I mean, they're one blowouts
1: the year that we had the world, the, the country's best two win team.
2: Well, that the the one year where we didn't have a chance to win was when they beat us by sixty one. So, so
1: that was that was only sixty one at halftime, or
2: at least it was Breeders Cup Day. Like I I was like I was like I'm. Mary's like, do you have to watch this whole game? I was like, no. We can go to the track. you had something to watch. Let's go. Uh, Texas says, what's stopping Notre Dame from forming their own conference and poaching the Big Ten if they decide to be in a conference? I mean,
1: poaching. <laughs> why would Notre Dame start That makes no sense. What's stopping them? Common sense. The Notre Dame conference. I mean, they. the reason they don't want to join is because they have their own TV deal with NBC still. They, they don't they don't want to share anything. And I, honestly, I can't say I blame them. But, I mean, that's that's why they don't want to.
2: Texas, the most annoying thing about on three is they have the midwest massive Midwest bias and have for a long time.
1: Where, where did this on three come from? Anyway? I never heard of them until recently.
2: They've been going strong for like a year and a half. Remember, we talked about it during football season because there was this big rumor that I was going to start a Louisville on three site. And I, like, every time, like like people were like Greer and like, Ennis were texting me and being like, everybody in these message boards is saying it's happening. Are you just holding out on us? I'm like... I'm telling you guys as straightforward as I can tell you. I have had no contact with anybody from this network. It's literally not happening.
1: There's... I mean, did they form from someone else? Or no, just... it was
2: just a start. And then they bought like they've bought a bunch of big web, like They bought KSR. They bought a bunch of okay, big so websites the to join oh, their KSR. network. Okay, okay. And that's why I think Louisville, a lot of Louisville fans believe that On3 is, is dropping all their recruits because KSR is one of their bigger sites. Oh, okay. And now they have their own recruiting service, and they've bought a bunch. It's, it's a, it's kind of like the Athletic. They had a whole lot of funding behind them, and now they've they're I mean, making the some waves. The Athletic
1: ways. does really good articles, though. I mean, there's there's it, times. But like, I'm talking
2: about as far as far as like having a bunch of money and just starting from yeah. scratch. Not not like they didn't buy 24-7 Sports or Rivals or anything like that.
1: I wonder if they went by on three because they, they're the third recruiting site out there.
2: They are, but they're definitely generating. They they made some headway in recent. Months. What
1: was 247 called Because it wasn't it called something Scout. else. Scout. Scout. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
2: Texas says there's a reason why teams outside the Big Ten don't put a lot of stock in them. They always pop up, prop up OSU and Notre Dame. Say what? I'm confusing. The on three. He's saying it's Midwest bias. Oh, I got you still on three. I got you. And they love UK. Texas says. Uh, well, They did
1: play a lot for KSR I mean, Why not?
2: Who the hell puts team colors as purple and orange? They look like the reje- a rejected bowl of Froot Loops. <laughs> Texas says Clemson fans get under my skin so much because of how cocky they are. Um, most butter you up and are nice before the game, and then after they want to give you a handshake and say great game. Just tell me my team sucks, or just be normal. That was my experience there. The first year I went, it was very much because they were down. Like they were, uh, neither one of us were ranked. It was 2014. Deshaun Watson actually got hurt in the first quarter of that game, and we should have won. We they beat us without scoring an offensive touchdown, which was annoying. And James Quick <laughs> got caught by baby freak Javon Curse's like. Little nephew. Just don't don't bring it up. So drove me crazy. And then yeah. we then we called a timeout on third and goal from the two with we, like thirty seconds we, left. We
1: don't we don't mention that those plays
2: is bad. And everybody was very nice. And I was like, okay, I, I like Clemson. Then twenty sixteen, we go there and we're favored to beat them on their home field, which in hindsight is insane. Thinking about what they were about, like that team was about to win the national title. They were like third, and we were fifth. Right, I think. we were third, and they were fifth. they were third. Okay, okay. We, was no, we ranking. were third. They were fifth. We jumped them after we beat Florida State. We yeah. got all the way to number three, and we were. A,
1: that was we, the same West Virginia rankings too, wasn't it? In the Black three and five, game, yeah.
2: But they were. But that time, West Virginia was three and yeah, we, were, we five. were five, yeah. But this, I mean, think about that. The Clemson team that went on to win the national title and start their era of dominance. We were favored to beat them on their home field in October, yeah. And we went down there and we almost did it. And they were not so nice that time. That
1: was a fun game to watch.
2: And then afterwards, they tried to do like the Y'all gave us quite a little scare. And I was like, I want to kill See, all of you so bad.
1: That's just co- so condescending. It's
2: so annoying.
1: I mean, that's just like being like, oh, man. oof, Thank you. We avoided that. shoo I mean, I
0: mean,
2: nice just, little
1: team y'all got there. Oh, man. I mean, I just kind of want to poke him in the eye and kick him in the crotch. You said to me to my family. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that is. I'm rooting for y'all in every game you play besides us. I don't know if you're meaning to be a total bleephole when you do that, but you are. They know what they're doing. I, I don't mean, trust I, them. I, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I can see them maybe not realizing, because I, I say things I don't realize are offensive. and, and well, I to be <laughs> And if I'm told it is, I'll apologize to a degree.
2: Sometimes, but... I'm going to say, no, you don't.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, maybe if I feel like is that good. bad?
2: That's, that's my impression of you, being told that you just said something horribly offensive.
1: Is that bad? Is it? <laughs>
2: like, yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. Oh, well. Uh, so
1: <laughs> and then that's
0: exactly what happens after that.
1: So, I mean, yeah, th- th- I don't know if they would be doing it on purpose, but if they were. Then, yeah, you're just, that's the bleep hole thing. And also, like, they're... the record, I don't do it on purpose. I just don't care after I realize it.
2: I feel like, too, like, their online fan base is so different than the way that they carry themselves in person that it just it adds to me feeling like when they say nice things, like, come on over and have some drinks, that it's just totally fake. Because yeah. I feel like those are who those people are in real life. Like, they're they're nice to your face, and they get online, and they're like, "I want to bleep your mom." Like like like. <laughs> I'm like, that was that was Johnny Clemson who invited me to his tailgate right before the game. My now he's ma- talking about my mom. My
1: imagination's running wild on what that bleep could be. Well, <laughs> There's a few words I could put in there that would be interesting. Thanks, <laughs> Can
2: you touch on the on three recruiting ranking situation real quick before the DJ update? Never Mountain sounds like I missed it. We didn't really talk about. Yeah, it we haven't got yeah because it's. So Roush tried to – and Roush is a company man. He works for On3 technically now with KSR being over there. Yeah. He was trying to explain – a lot of little fans noticed that L recruits dropped in the On3 update updated rankings. Significantly. He was trying to say that On3 is a – Like a composite ranking, like the ones that 24 7 do, where they they take all of the different scouting services and create one big ranking. It's not technically the on three rankings, but even in these specific on three rankings, a number of Louisville players, including Ruben Owens and Pierce Clarkson, dropped in their latest updates. And as did the wide receiver, too. They have not dropped in other scouting service rankings. So take that for what you will. I mean, well, I mean, I'm no match. Are we all boycotting on three? Hold on, on, let me get this right. I'm more of an on four guy myself.
1: I, I, other than, than not wanting to to use my own legs, me and that's the only thing me and Stephen Hawkins have in common. So in this not case, fucking <laughs> whatever. So you're yeah. always so close, yeah, so close, yes.
2: so, so close that everybody knows who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But also they know that you're wrong. Yet yeah, so far
1: away, so close yet so far away. Uh, that being said, other than screwing up his name and making a bad joke about being in a wheelchair, is that like. If it doesn't lower on one of those sites, then mathematically it shouldn't lower on on three, right? You th- you'd think, but I, I was talking about
2: their specific ranking, not the, not their composite rankings.
1: I mean that it's, the math doesn't work out.
2: Well, yeah, but again, on three's rankings are just their own. Uh, they they have two different rankings, like twenty four seven sports.
1: Okay, so what they're saying is they they can in their
2: own rankings that they make themselves. They also dropped multiple Louisville recruits, okay,
1: which would make the average drop as well.
2: Then. Of course, okay. yeah, for so, sure.
1: Did, 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 all right. <laughs>
2: The text says Davo has major cheap suit cheap suit Baptist tent revival televangelist scumbag whose tax exempt church just got put under an IRS investigation. Uh, energy. I, not only that, but that sounds like the Clemson fan base in general. It is. What well, is? They That's, use they use the churches to recruit. I mean, it's been. As far as like them stealing signals being known, that also's been known for a while. It' has been known. I mean, I feel
1: like season three of Righteous Gemstones could be like following Clemson around. That's... <laughs> <laughs> did you ever watch season two by the way i've never watched any of it oh you didn't season did you like he's spinning down uh yes you probably would like season one of righteous thing because it is danny mcbride to a t okay season one i really like season two i just haven't watched it i need to watch it
2: Texas. i've talked with some players and this, who knows this is accurate they yeah. aren't happy with b brown's play calling they like him but not the play calling
1: i i don't know if that's true but i would be 100 believe it if it was I know we had I means. I'm sure there are certain players who have been frustrated with the play calling.
2: Because who was it? We had one player. I don't know if it was Greedy Vance or some, one of the other cornerbacks who left. But they had some critical things to say about like it's just uh, their new home. Like you have to have trust in your position coach and all this stuff. And it was, it, it, you know, Brian Brown was their position coach technically because he, yeah, he does DC, secondary. and DB, yeah. So I can see that being an accurate quote, but you hope it's not because if you don't like part of the reason why I think our I know our defenses fell apart in 2017 and 2018. One, they had incompetent people calling their plays, but the defensive players knew, like they had no faith in Peter Sermon. Like I had heard that going into the season, and when you don't have faith in the guy who's, you know, in charge of you, you're not going to play with. Complete confidence, like you yeah. have to always have that doubt in the back of your mind. So I hope that that's not accurate. Well, if that's the case, then you need to make a change,
1: whether it's player or personnel. I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, it's got to be one of the two.
2: Texas Joel Osteen thinks devil was a sleazebag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. That's pretty low. But How would they know. hang out? Uh, Texas, <laughs> y'all don't miss a chance to crush religion. No, I we have no. I've got no problem with religion. I got no problem with it. I'm Catholic. Trevor has no problem with religion. I don't like using God in sports. God doesn't care about Clemson football. I feel very justified in saying that. And these people all act like he does. You don't know
1: that. He could be a he, I I could see Clemson I could see God up there holding a, a Clemson pennant,
2: maybe. If I God willingly make it to heaven <laughs> and God tells me, you know what, you were wrong all those years. Dabo was my boy. I single-handedly lifted them to all those wins between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty two. Wasn't there a I will coward- send my ghost down here. And find a way to apologize to, to everybody who thought I was saying the wrong thing when I indicated that God doesn't care about football.
1: Wasn't there a family guy where they, they like tried to find God because they got mad because the cause Patriots weren't Patriots weren't yeah. yeah. That was an episode. Uh, I, don't, I didn't Not remember. Not a great one. You. I have a feeling if, if we ever find out who's God's favorite team, I think it's BYU. Just, just for, like, for comical reasons. I don't think that's accurate. He's just like, ah, He's like look at the Mormons. so much like goofy bastards anyway. Let's root for the team.
2: If the Mormons were right, then I've got a lot more questions. That was a, that's the a South Park, isn't it? Where they go to heaven. They're like. Well, it's also a musical. They ended up doing Book of Mormon. No,
1: but is, what, what was the show where they, get, they go to right, heaven? It's and he's South like, Park. Mormons. That was the right answer. And, right.
2: Like, oh. and they did. They explained Mormonism, and <laughs> yeah. which is eerily accurate. Um, Texas dumb, Brown. Dumb, 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 dumb. Brown isn't the only defensive coordinator we have. Is McGriff safe if the defense sucks early? It's a fair point like Brian Brown has never been the the full-time defensive coordinator, the only full-time defensive coordinator. You know, it was Court Dennison, I think last year was the co-defensive Who's coordinator. Calling the but we know Brown is the guy in charge. It's like it's like blaming Lance Taylor if the offense sucks this year. The fact of the matter is Scott Satterfield is the, like they're co-offensive coordinators, but Satterfield's calling the plays. He's the, he's the head honcho. He is he's co defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator A. And the other guy's co-offensive coordinator. But you can use co all you want. There's no real co. Is,
1: is that why we? Is you think that's his madness to the method of the, what Satterfield's doing is? He's bringing in co guys every year so he can give Brown his buddy a scapegoat. I don't know.
2: I don't think though. So. I, 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 I like to hate. To think you think that. there's way too much sinister stuff going on in the Scott Satterfield Brian Brown relationship? I don't, sometimes I, I mean, I don't. I, I lack trust. The text says Dabo will be the new Peter Popoff in like 30 years, selling people miracle rocks. I can see Dabo being a big crystal guy.
1: Peter Papa.
2: I don't know, but I could definitely see that happen. Great day, by the way. Dabo will be on your TVs at 3 a.m. doing infomercials in 30 years <laughs> talking about the latest crystals and how they've made him. He's going to live forever. Shake weight. <laughs> Seriously, I feel like Dabo is one of those people that made a deal with the devil when he got the head coaching job in Clemson. If you, Again, if I do get to, to, to heaven and God tells me that, I'm not going to be. Would I be surprised? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Because Clemson has had some eerily freaky stuff go their way since Dabo took this job.
1: Yeah, they, they were at least somewhat solid before he took over with that Yeah, one.
2: but like they've won so many games where, like, chip like they were, they were shot field goal gets missed. Or yeah. freaky, like, ball just bounces their way. Look at the four games I just talked about. The law of averages says Louisville should have won at least one of those, where it came down to a play. And we haven't won any. And they have a lot of series like that. And even when they, like, lose games in the regular season— Things work out in the rest of the the landscape of college football that allow them to get in the playoff and play for national titles. It's just, it's, it's religion. I mean, there's a school Go. that, that sold,
1: sold to the devil for success. It'd be Miami. I mean, just their entire. I mean, they won they their first have sold more and have been good for a while. I mean, they won their first national title when Nebraska goes for two and the guy drops it.
2: Yeah, but they also have sucked let's for, not since forget six
1: straight years of beating the only team they play tough out of conference and Florida State missing field goals wide right every time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again,
2: back in the day, sure. I guess these deals have. Well, the deal's been cashed in. Now, they, they, now they're in
0: hell. <laughs> now
2: they're in hell for twenty yeah. years.
1: It was like the day Al Golden was announced. It was like the, he he did come in looking like Satan a little bit. Texture
2: says, speaking. Of, okay, got a little bit worried reading the first the first line. Speaking of Fruit Loops, I'm curious both of your choices for the top your top three cereals. I'm thinking you will both not have the same three. Uh, I mean, my number one's probably Apple Jacks. Ugh. That, that the texture
1: you're already right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, number two would probably be... I don't know. I don't know. Two. Three is Frosted Flakes. I like Frosted Flakes. Uh, two would probably be... Probably Fruit Loops, I guess, maybe. I was
2: going to have Fruit Loops on my there. I'm thinking Lucky Charms, Cheerios, Fruit Loops.
1: Lucky Charms are not big. I've never been a fan of the ones that just do marshmallows. I like them. Like, I would pick out the marshmallows as a kid, but I like a cereal
2: that I don't need... that. Well you like, eat the you eat the the oats first and then you eat the marshmallow second. That's yeah, the way it see, works. I don't
1: like the oats like I know and I, li- I like because I like raisin bran just because it, I don't know. I just Ew. it doesn't it doesn't have the same like average taste as and I do put sugar on it though. Texas or, I heard
2: Clemson is using tickets to heaven in their NIL deals. <laughs> Buy your way out of recruiting purgatory. I'm A real that, thing that the church did back I think
1: T C U would do that, right? They are the they are like the largest Christian church I think in like the like, hemisphere, aren't they? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they have a, like a pretty big t- the Christian church at TCU.
2: Um, Texas says, never forget Dabo sat on a 17-year-old's lap and found it appropriate to let it on Twitter. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. All right, we got to go break because we have DJ Wilder stuff to talk about.
1: And Brian Kelly's still pretty creepy, too.
2: <laughs> Beyond creepy. I mean, he killed
1: a dude and kept his job <laughs>
2: let's go to break when we come back we have the dj wagner update of the day it's a spicy one and we've got actually follow-up updates that have happened since we've been on the air i don't know if we're gonna have we should probably devoted more time to this dj wagner moves the needle everybody loves it we'll take more of your texts as well it's coming up after the break here on the mike rutherford show on 1450 the big x
0: She showed up with your number on her hand. Well, I thought that I might call you up so we could deal with this man. Or man. You better tell me the truth, sir. Uh, now they got what me here. You-
2: are you waiting for a specific part of this song? Walking
0: slow and we have, no. You have a
2: snapping Trevor in the production room right now. Well, I, say I like this song. are back. Here. It's the last segment of the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Out. we got to move gotta a little bit quickly here. Yeah, we the, we've got the, we got the other show after yeah. us today. got to get out of here at 555. Even though they didn't come in last week and we got out early. Well, they had COVID. I we was <laughs>
1: getting in the car and I realized there's nobody here
2: <laughs> last week. That's okay. We have uh, a lot to get to in these 15 minutes. we got to start with what you know we got to start with. Play the damn song. DJ Wagner, DJ <imitating music plays> Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ is is Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. Where is DJ going to go to Squagner? DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. It seems reports from the last three weeks may have been inaccurate. Gagner, Ooh, DJ Wagner, Wagner, DJ Wagner, Wagner DJ Wagner. Wagner <laughs> Talk today for the first time in a Wagner DJ, oh, DJ Wagner, Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, Wagner. Finally, one of these seems good for U of L DJ, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ, Wagner, Wagner, DJ, DJ
1: Wagner.
2: Wagner. DJ Wagner update of the day. It's that time, everybody's favorite part of the show. Just to leave us like quietly in the background though, a little bit. Okay, that's yeah. fine. So the last several times we've had DJ Wagner updates of the day. They haven't been great for Louisville. No. Basically the last three weeks or so, ever since the reports came out, that something had changed when Wagner went to Spain and John Calipari went there. Uh, Kenny Payne didn't go there. Uva fans drew their own conclusions about that, saying you know, maybe he should have gone to Spain. What did Calipari do? Is he just buying all the paella in the world? Is he taking them to, to <laughs> Barcelona soccer games? What the hell is going on over there? But all the predictions by the national writers started changing. Everybody started saying... Wagner to UK now. Uh, The predictions on the Crystal Ball website started flipping. Travis Branham himself walked his own prediction back and said this is looking more like a 50-50 type deal. And it it kind of became this foregone conclusion that Wagner was now a Kentucky lean and was eventually going to commit to UK. Then we had multiple reports, I think probably the most notable from uh, Jamie Shaw of the previously bashed on three here on the the show. Uh, He said it was with 95% certainty He was changing his pick of Wagner to Louisville to Wagner to Kentucky, and that he could commit as soon as next week at the Peach Jam. Well, we now have Wagner himself talking to Travis Branham of 24-7 Sports. And the exact quote that came out, uh, Branham starts his article by saying this, disregard anything you may have heard that didn't come from DJ Wagner in the last three weeks, (laughs) which is a little bit interesting considering one of the big pieces of of evidence that dropped was Branham himself coming out and saying, it doesn't seem like he's a Louisville lean anymore. UK's got the momentum. And I, it's like 50-50. Like that, was, like that started this whole deal. It did he just random person
1: drop, by the way?
2: What? Did he, did... No, no, no. That wasn't a quote. That was Branham oh, okay. starting his story. That kind of ruined it for me. I was I was saying. You were looking getting... at your phone. You weren't listening. I was, well,
1: I was getting excited, too. Well, no. I was, somebody was asking me about the Cardinal Insider, which we won't have today. No Cardinal Insider today.
2: <laughs> Ask Trevor about it. Um, <laughs> Wagner was asked straight up about Peach Jam, which his, uh, his New Jersey Scholars team is currently competing in. Are you going to commit? this week at PGM, It's been the big rumor. He said, quote, no, I'm not committing any time this week. I'm taking it one day at a time and taking my time with it. I know I am definitely not committing this week for sure. So that's off the table. I think very clearly that's good news for Louisville because the momentum, if there has been momentum, you know, you can just, you can look at this and say, guys have just been making stuff up. This, you know, one reporter heard something and it spread and everybody thought they wanted to, you know, be on the inside looking out and, that's where we get all these predictions of D.J. Wagner going to Kentucky. The other thing is, if there was any legitimacy to the reports that there was some sort of momentum behind Wagner to Kentucky, you want this thing to, to last longer, not shorter. Because if a commitment was going to come this week at Peach Jam, let's be real, just based on the reports that that are out there, if there was some smoke there, it would be a commitment to Kentucky.
1: But we're not supposed to believe in anything that doesn't come from D.J. Wagner.
2: Apparently. Disregard anything from the last three weeks. I want to go D.J. Wagner. Also,
1: I <laughs> do I say his name.
2: It would be, like, as many people have pointed out, Wagner has not taken an official visit to Louisville yet. No. Making a commitment without taking that official would be seemingly bad news. If we can hold off on you know, getting him in town for maybe a football game, maybe the Louisville Live weekend, the, the the weekends that have had success on the basketball recruiting front in years past, that would seem to be good news for Louisville. So the longer we can delay this thing, I think the better. This, to me, is a good update. I'm not sitting here saying... This changes everything. We're now back to—he's definitely going to go to Louisville. I'm not saying he's definitely going to go to Kentucky. I think it's more of what Branham's original report was a couple of weeks ago, which is this is kind of a 50-50 deal. He's still—I could be totally wrong about this. I've got no insight to the Wagner family. Have not—you know—I don't text with DeWan, Don't have Milt on speed dial. Uh, DJ has no idea who I am. But it, my guess is it's legitimately 50-50. I don't think he knows. I really don't. I think he still has. I wouldn't
1: Expect him to? Would you?
2: No. I, I think he's. I think there's still time. To sway DJ Wagner. Now, is part of that going to have NIL implications? I think that that's, it might be a part of it. And you've got two head coaches in Calipari and Kenny Payne who have both kind of said, we don't want to do the pay for play thing. Like, we don't want to just get a kid an NIL deal to come here. We want him to get it based on who he is after he gets on campus. Is one of them willing to bend? on this front to get DJ Wagner or is he going to wind up going to like Syracuse because Jim Bay, like, yeah, I'll give you $1 million to come play. here. You want to sit your ass in a zone for a year and then go pro. Hell have at it. So yeah, I
1: mean, it helps defensively. number. No.
2: But this is, to me, it's good news. I, I think this is a positive update on the DJ Wagner front. We also, everybody keeps sending me the, the tweet. I've seen it before um, on Andy Sweeney's show. He's got um John Fanta on who gave this quote and said, DJ Wagner for all intents and purposes is going to be a Louisville Cardinal. I love hearing that. John Fanta is not a recruiting guy. He's a uh, he's a, he covers the Big East. He's on TV with Fox. He, he's, he covers all of college basketball. But he's a soda guy, right? No, not not that Fanta. No. I, I I love John personally. I think he's awesome. I don't think that he has the inside track here. Um, I, I think he's kind of seeing this as an outsider and just sort of going off of the noise. Um, I can't tell you in what context that quote was made, but like that. I'm choosing to take that with a grain of salt just as much as I'm taking the, the Jamie Shaw. He's 95% going to Kentucky with a grain of salt, especially now after this latest Wagner well, himself I mean, saying I'm not going to He's not
1: out. the first and only person to go like 100% to one way or the other just because of the way. The right. Way. I
2: just think that it's you – know, yeah. I'm not getting my hopes up based on a, a John Fanta quote. If it was somebody who covered recruiting for a living and or covered the ACC for or, you know whatever, I know Fanta's got ties to the Northeast, but I, just, I don't think he would have the scoop on – some recruit a guy like Travis Brand. I mean, if I'm going with somebody who has their ties in the
1: Northeast, I'm going with Segura over him anyway.
2: Is Zagoria, it yeah. I think Adam would. Adam stepped up with this.
1: He, he would know. He usually is. I mean, most of his predictions are usually crap
2: when it's in that area. Now he may. The last thing we heard from that Adam or tennis stuff. The last thing we heard from Adam was quotes from coaches that were in Spain saying that they would kind of heard, and this was this was not one of them saying that they yeah, heard from. Yeah, that's Le- just secondhand. It was rumor, all of them yeah. saying that they believed Wagner was going to go to Kentucky. And a lot of those quotes were basically like, Cal isn't going to go to Spain if he's not getting a kid or if he doesn't have a kid. And there was another coach saying like, I heard it's already a done deal. Like, it, But it wasn't somebody saying definitively like, oh, I know. It was all we've heard, yeah. we think, all that stuff. And that's, that, that's the latest report we got from Zagori. He has not talked to D.J. Wagner or the Wagner family directly in a while. But I could see him being a guy, if he broke a story that said, I've got – 95% confidence that he's going one place or the other. I would put some significant stock in I it. I would too. But that's like the longer this goes on and the more that I think both sides feel like they know something and then the rug gets kind of pulled out from underneath them, which has happened a couple of times, the more like the more celebration there's going to be for the winning side, the more hurt there's going to be for the losing side. Like, this is going there's going to be a massive explosion whenever Wagner commits. Oh yeah. It's going to be I mean just especially if, like, we're not 100% sure where he's going to commit on the day of his commitment. If it's like a surprise if, that day, if he, if he, oh, boy.
1: If he sets an announcement like a TV thing, I mean, would you be shocked if it's not on, like, the three local channels here? Oh, man. I could see that. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, DRB or... I could probably see it. one. If not, I'm not saying all four, but I could see at least maybe one, two, or if all, maybe even all four go to air it. It's going to be a big deal. Of course, yeah, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, the DJ Wagner recruitment is the biggest thing in this robbery, maybe since Bettino was hired, and before that, the beginning of the robbery in 1983. It's up there, for like sure. This, when you talk
2: about, like... Well, I mean, playing the Final Four in 2012 was a big
1: deal. That's, yeah, that's true. I, I kind of, I, I try to block that. 2014 game, fun. big deal, too.
2: Yeah, but 14 coming
1: sub the cusp of the Final Four so quickly does kind of diminish it a little bit.
2: Now... UK fans. And we lost. We'll so, it. yeah, we. we U of fans have been excited about this, but UK fans have also been hanging their hat on a piece of news that came out today. Wagner apparently signed a deal and is launching an ad campaign with Drake's Nike label. And if you didn't know this, UK's a Nike school. They've had ties to Drake before. Ah, Drake's a little guy now, though. Is he? Yeah, he's hanging out with, with Arlo. Oh, hey, Jack Arlo.
1: Yeah, they were to the derby together. That's right. They were doing shots and Churchill downs. Yeah, he, he,
2: he, we have pictures of him throwing out. They're doing south end stuff down there. Yeah, he's a U of L guy end now. Stuff.
1: So use <laughs> your imagination on that
2: one. Before. The the label it's like a it's called a sub label. It's called officially Nocta, not Pete. Would uh, be cooler if it was no no <laughs> H on the Nocta. <laughs> yeah. But this is they signed DJ Wagner to I guess a contract DJ Wagner, today. DJ and UK fans think this is a done deal because of that. I don't know how much stock to put in this. I don't think – I mean, Kenny Payne has said from the get-go, like, just because a kid's a Nike kid, just because a kid's an Adidas kid, don't read into that. Like, I've got the best of both worlds. I'm technically an Adidas employee now. But, I mean, he still wears Nike gear at some events. You see that. He's got very, very close ties to the the people of all people at Nike. I don't think that, like, Wagner being on a Nike brand is necessarily, like – I'm not going to read that much into it. I get why UK fans would if you're looking for pieces of information. But –
1: yeah, it's... I mean, wasn't it Dennis Smith that you were talking about that, like, went to, a, went to a Nike school but did a contract with Adidas? And, oh, he and, fleeced everybody. It yeah. It was
2: like, he went, when they got the Under Armour money.
1: Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You can't really... I mean... Yeah, I don't... I mean, that's... Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. And what... I mean, did the Harrison twins sign with Under Armour before they went to Kentucky? I don't know. I mean,
2: because I, I know that was the big deal for Maryland. was like, we're not, they're Under Armour kids. We're Under Armour school. I, I just... Maybe it is a bigger deal that I'm giving it credit for. I just think that in this day and age, it's not It's not what it used to be, where every kid on a Nike circuit program in the AAU style was going to go to a Nike school, and every school – like you saw this like, – you noticed back in the day when Louisville was in on recruits, it was always the same schools they were competing against, like UCLA, Kansas, and Indiana were always the other big dogs because they're the other Adidas schools. Yeah. And now you're seeing, I think, Louisville, the guys that we're in on, there's no – Synchronicity. There's no. It's just the Adidas guys going after this guy, then I, and that's going to continue to change with the NIL stuff. It's just a, it's a complete game changer. But we'll see. DJ Wagner update of the day. Stop.
1: DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner. DJ
2: Texas Wagner. says if I was Kenny Payne, I would tell Adidas to offer uh, DJ an NIL deal already. Yeah, Adidas, come on. You're helping us out with football allegedly. Start helping us out with basketball. Um,
1: I mean, if you don't Kenny Payne doesn't do, it, but can one of the assistants like, you know, be like, hey, okay. slip
2: so over check? You think? I can't remember a recruitment this deep, where both sides have been so confident. Like I, I think most Louisville fans still believe they're going to get D.J. Wagner. I think that that's where we are. I could be wrong about that. Most Kentucky fans definitely think they're going to get D.J. Wagner now. And there's still a lot of bleep talking. It's like, it feels like we're going into a game where there's an even point spread. It feels like going into last year's football game. Which I hope the result isn't like last year's football game. But both sides feel confident. And neither side's really relenting, despite there being evidence to support both cases. It's just more times than not when we've gotten this close to a a kid committing and you assume he's going to commit and sign at the early signing period in December, we feel like we have a hard lean one way or the other, right? Like when UK got involved with Marcus Digg at the last second, it was, like we knew like it was done. Like there wasn't really any debate. Like he was going to go there. Same with Trey Lyles. But this time, I don't know, like we've been talking about this now for three months or so and it still feels like a complete toss up and both sides still feel really confident. It's, Again, it's all leading maybe towards an explosive maybe reaction.
1: the blind nerd, and maybe I didn't think – I held on, I think, to, to Teague a little bit at the beginning. Oh, I knew he was gone. It was bad. Like, Lyles, I don't think I did, but I don't think I really cared as much about Lyles. But, like, Teague bothered me.
2: Lyles bothered, I think, the brass at UofL because they felt like his – like, I, all I remember is he had come off his visit, and this is the first time like, I ever had a conversation with Tom Jurich. And Jurich was like, I talked with Rick. Like, we talked with Trey Lyles. Like, he, I was at his visit it went as well as it could possibly go like his dad said nothing but glowing things he's like i he's like all i can say is like i don't know what uk does he's like it would just take something weird if he doesn't come here like we we got that feeling and sh- I, I, in the back of my mind i was like well get ready for something weird <laughs> like i don't know what you want me to say i don't think he's going to come here
1: uh, part of me wants to be like he could have been better off going a little but because he he was so misused at UK. He, he,
2: he was. He would have been. He would have been a focal point. But he point.
1: also did become a lottery. He did get in, despite the fact that Cal. And that's why you go to UK. Completely screwed up using him. I mean, he did become a lottery pick. But now he's just going to be the guy that, that Denver screwed up and traded for De- Donovan Mitchell for.
2: Texas says, oh, "I'm going to have to go back and listen to the and Nuggets way drafted Donovan Mitchell.
1: That's right." Yeah.
2: Nick needs to eat a few cornbread hump, hemp gummies and take a nap. Definitely team TJ on this one. I'm going to have to go listen to KFC this morning.
1: I'm, that's curious now. The
2: text line seems to be like very much on TJ's side with whatever happened. Oh, man. I, I'm going to listen to that, yeah. Text says, uh, TK, go take Commissioner Phillips on a fast food tour the rest of the summer and let us save this conference. Why does it save the
1: conference?
2: <laughs> text says, does Trevor do a commercial for an HVAC company? It sounds like him.
1: What's H back
2: I don't know. Only H back company I care about is Airserve. That's right. Uh, we have to, I know we're up against it here, we also have to give one of our other sponsors, you hear the commercial on a lot, I don't know if you saw this news today, uh, Charlie Wilson, yeah, saw this Charlie last, Wilson's saw this last night, yeah. Appliance, formerly Charlie Wilson Dixie Appliance, a mainstay in Louisville Media commercials, uh, passed away, I think he was like 96, 96 though, lived yeah. a very long, very good life, but very sad, I mean, you hear his commercial all the time, you love the jingles, I've heard the jingles my entire life, I had sad to see him I had people reach
1: out to me, I got texts last night. Saying, "Hey, Charlie Wilson passed." The guy that's on all your comm- like, I know the, I know it because
2: of the listening to your station here in the commercials. Yeah, Charlie Wilson appliance. All right, we have to go now because we have the, the show coming in after us today. They we have there, uh, yeah. no Cardinal inside. so what's going to play here after this? Do you have any uh, idea? It's going to go back. To it's going to be a Trevor classic. <laughs> TK Faye, play Rash and Walker fighting for an hour. You know,
1: I'm just going to sit here and talk. I'm just going to just get. You know what? It's <laughs> Arians' of grievances about the six o'clock hour. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're gonna hear about it.
2: The TK hour. It's up next. Everybody have a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you guys right here tomorrow, same time, three o'clock, here on 1450
0: the Big X.